Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. I think we should have revolving one-way doors. Oh, you can go We're, in, but the you, wildlife well, can't right. get out? If you want to get an up-close and personal view <laughs> to the lion habitat... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not stopping you. Yeah, the lion can't get out for safety reasons. We don't want other people at the zoo to be harmed. But it just is a one-way revolving door. You go right on in. Dude, take your chances. You may have struck on one of the greatest ideas you've ever had. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five-minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! Shavaka do. You want to sack? The guy is drunk! Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Reaction Monday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Do we have anything to react to today? No. Good. I, I say we just forego the reacting. Let's just let's just move on to other things. I know a lot of you are waiting on this show. You've been waiting on this show. I've been waiting on this show because I've been going in my head for 48 hours now about what this all means and how I feel. I would like to put a little disclaimer on the beginning of the show. Because I don't want anybody wasting their time and getting upset listening to something that is not their bag. The beauty part about this radio station is that we have many different voices in many different shows. And they're not all the same. And our opinions aren't all the same. So, you may like somebody else you heard earlier today. You may hate me and, Mo- me and Bone. Who the hell knows? But I just want a little disclaimer for you. If you are looking for a show who's going to talk about potential playoff scenarios for this team... You've come to the wrong place. At least today. I'm not. It's ridiculous. We shouldn't be discussing it. It's going to be. It's Listen, if that is a thing, we'll talk about it when that becomes a thing. Today, and probably for the foreseeable future, I don't know how you feel about it, Mike, but my stomach turns thinking about the events of 48 hours oh, ago. Oh, my God. So I don't really have the ability to just move on to... But what if blank, 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 no, and blank happens? No, and I don't no, want to hear I, I don't have that. from the perspective guy and the sun always rises guy. Go listen to something else. This but is Sun hasn't risen, by the way, since that happened. Well, I, I'm say. just it's saying. Like, it's been too God cloudy forbid, days. Feels God, like my mood. God forbid people have a place to go to wallow in their own misery. That's you know, what we're good at wallowing. Well, I, I'm just saying, not everything has to be, oh, that's uh, bad. Turn your frown upside down. There's plenty of other things in the world to be excited about. Who cares? Why can't we all get together for a little while and talk about how disappointed we are? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. By the way, I also think if you are someone who has tried to have that conversation with maybe a few other people in your life and they were like, ah, it's just a game. Don't worry about it. That's why we do worry about it. That's why we get all bent out of shape about it. Because we know it's frustrating when you don't have anyone else who talks to you about this stuff. And has the same level of frustration or passion for the thing that you care about. So we get that. I've been there myself. Talking to family members. I had one one person in my life who called me up Sunday morning was like, hey, just checking in to make sure you're all right." And I'm like, "I'm, I'm okay, but I'm frustrated. I'm miserable. Like, yeah, well, you know, it'll it'll get better. I'm like, I know it'll get better, want, but I, I, don't I don't want a big picture person. Just let me, in, let me, yesterday was miserable and rainy. Today's miserable and rainy. It fits. If it was bright and sunny out, it would kind of actually be 
like God no, was spitting in it, our face. It would still suck. Right. It would suck. But it'd be like maybe that's like God adding insult to injury or the weather gods in insult to injury. This actually fits the mood. Thank you for giving us time to just be in this mood of I'm sad and frustrated. My father has been like that my entire life. You know, I tell him something that was bothering me, some sort of problem. And instead of just saying, because sometimes all you need to hear is, man, that really sucks. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Right. I have no sage advice for you. I'll just be here for you. But instead, his response all the time was, well, if that's the worst thing that happens to you, you'll be okay. And I feel like a lot of Buckeye fans just want to talk to other miserable Buckeye fans without constantly feeling judged by sunny side people and national media people that don't live here and don't understand the expectations of this program. Yeah, I, I will say this, too. And some of you probably already thought this and it's worth considering. Bodie is filling in for Panama Ted today. We appreciate Bodie being here. But if it was Panama Ted or it's Bodie in this case, Bodie has our careers possibly in his hands today. Because there may be a time where we're just ranting and raving and all of a sudden words you're not allowed to say on the SEC. What? That too. FCC. SEC. And the SEC. Yeah, well, they, they would just, they, they say them themselves. Like, oh, hell yeah, put out a press conference with the, the F word in it. I'm just saying we got to be real careful about when we get frustrated and angry today, Mike. We got to. Well, I've, we're professionals. We can handle maybe it. You are. I mean, I've, I've been a professional for a long time in this business, but I've also not been as frustrated as I was oh, I, after this game in a long time watching these Buckeyes. Just so you know, we have nothing planned today. No. It's just two guys having a conversation for three hours. We, we're not going to do yikes today. We're not doing any of that crap. We're just, I'm not going to give you stupid teases going into the next segment. You know, no. we're, just, we're here for three hours. I have nothing. I, I posted a picture of the show sheet on Twitter. That's... That's all I have on here. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no bullet points. There's no talk about this. Whatever pops in our head for three hours, that's what it's going to be. There may be some somber tones. We could get into screaming. I, I don't know. I got to pace myself. I know that because we have three hours to do this. So I'm not going to blow my wad right in the first segment. Yeah. Or something it's, more eloquent than that. But well, you know what I mean. All I know is this game, there are lots of different directions to go to. And my initial opening thought that I have on it is that I really don't care if Ohio State is as tough as Michigan. I don't I don't care. Ohio State doesn't have to be as tough as Michigan to beat Michigan. At least not physically tough. You know, I think sometimes we get so far down the weeds on that. Ryan Day I think got so far down the weeds on that this year talking about how we got to build that intensity throughout the year to be ready for their you know, com- competition they're going to face. I don't think you need to be tough. You need to play your, you need to run your offense. You need to have a defense that is functional. They're plenty tough enough at the front seven. Well, they're fl- plenty tough enough right. on the offensive lines. I think we get bogged down on the, the physical aspect of tough. I would argue, though, that part of toughness is, and, and this goes for the coaching staff, too, being tough. When you're in the game, and maybe things haven't worked out exactly how you planned it that week. You don't go into a fetal position and abandon everything that you're good at. Well, right. Which is and what this team does. You don't do that. And the other thing you don't do is double down on the things you're not good at. Right, exactly. You're like exactly on, right. Like on defense, when you cannot play man coverage to save your life. Oh, my God. I mean, thank God you stopped the run. But then who who cares? Well, you stopped the run for a while. I, well, I'm and, saying, and then what happened? That stuff at the end, that was... Look, we, we went through this with the Iowa game, 
what other games do we have this year? Where Ohio State was like really close, then at the end they got a couple touchdowns, made it look not as bad. We just had one last week, right, Maryland. Right, right. Maryland, right? Exactly. We all acknowledged that was a closer game than it should have been, right? Michigan fans, I'm quite sure, are looking at this game, going, "Hey, that was closer than it than we wanted it to be." But then at the end, we pulled away, and that was great, and that felt good. But but it was Ohio State was closer in this game on the scoreboard until the final few minutes where they just they gave up defensively as far as Jim Knowles. He decided I'm bringing everybody up to the line and that's all we've got. We're going to try to sell out to stop the run yet again. And then when that broke, then it was just over. The, I mean, the game was already kind of over then anyway, but then those last couple touchdowns getting tacked on, they hurt. The scoreboard looks awful. But the re- and, the, and the numbers are inflated a little bit on the run game. But the reality is, the Buckeyes, I don't think, got out-toughed. They, they got flat-out out-coached and outplayed. I don't think it was a toughness issue. I think it was this team not realizing what it does the best. Ryan Day not realizing what this team does the best and what it doesn't do well. And then changing the plays and changing the plan to modify that. Instead, they tried to play Michigan football. We're going to be physical. We're going to pound you at the line of scrimmage and run the ball. Great. you got like the best wide receiver room in the country. you got a guy who was a Heisman Trophy candidate up until this past weekend. Why not maybe try to throw the ball over the middle of the field? That's what's always been there for this team. And they do it like two or three times a game. And every time they do it, it goes for 60 yards, 50 yards, 30 yards. They abandon it constantly because they want to prove they're tough and they can run the ball. I don't care if you're tough. When you've got the Ferrari... You don't stop at the construction site to try to arm wrestle everybody. You've got the Ferrari. Just be the Ferrari guy, and that's it. I've gone back and forth the last couple of days between acceptance and anger. Denial is not in there because if I'm being honest, and if you listened to me last week, you knew that I kind of saw some of this coming, and I don't know how you couldn't. We all have eyeballs, right? I mean, these are not new problems that have popped up. And we've always been saying, and sometimes it, you know, we get the messages from you. Hey, they won by 30. What are you yelling at them for? What? Because we could all acknowledge that all of these games, maybe Sands, Penn State, right? All of these teams and all of these games that have been played so far has been the preseason. And you look for problems that pop up. And when those same problems pop up week after week after week, whether it's taking stupid penalties, whether it's weird offensive play calling, whether it's uh, secondary that can't play, were you really surprised, if you're honest with yourself, were you really surprised at how those corners played on Saturday? No. This is what we've seen. Now, I guess I'm surprised that Nothing seems to have gotten better. Nothing is remedied. There were no band-aids put on the problem. If anything, the problem got worse. But I've said for a while, all you need is a quarterback when he gets one-on-one coverage against these DBs. Throw it up in the air because you're either going to get a big catch and run or you're going to get a flag. And that's what Michigan did. We the, the the whole talking point, Gus Johnson on the television broadcast on, on Saturday was they said J.J. McCarthy couldn't throw the deep ball, and here he is. Here he is what? He can't. He's a he 70-year-old man could have completed those deep passes because nobody was within 20 yards of his wide receivers just running busted coverage. No, guys getting completely turned around. God... <sighs> I don't know if it's blown assignments or guys just not making plays, but either way, you're you're that wide open in Ohio Stadium. 
The only thing that would have saved Ohio State's defense is if their receivers got a case of the yips. Yep, that's it. That's the only thing that could have stopped that offense, air quotes, from Michigan. It was not... I. I that's where I'm so frustrated, Mike, because I feel like this narrative is J.J. McCarthy is different than we thought no, it was. No, no he's he, not. he was there. He... Yeah, he has an arm. He's a guy. He threw the ball. He's not the reason why they won that game. How many receivers were standing still when they caught these yes, touchdown passes? Exactly. That's not a sign that the throw was made. That's a sign that the coverage was busted and the ball just got there because that's about all it could do because no one else is around. You're fielding a punt and then turning and running from a dead stop and you still have so much room they can't catch you. All right, Buckeyes lose. More conversation coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon, southbound US 42. You're going to find an accident at London Road. And at the moment, seeing no delays, 70 east side, both eastbound and westbound from I-71 to Route 79. This report is sponsored by Take 5 Oil Change. At Take 5, they're faster than you think. That means you'll get your oil changed faster than it takes to get through the outer belt during a rainstorm at rush hour. So go visit them and see for yourself just how fast you can be in and out. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1, the fan traffic. Dumb, very dumb. This is Man and Bone. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. This is all we're talking about today. Uh, we're not doing yikes. We're not doing any of that. So, 45-23 is the final score. As you alluded to, you know, the score was sort of run up at the end where... Just running plays, nobody well, nobody doing yeah, anything. Not, don't get me wrong, the score is the score. No, I, I, yes, and I'm not making excuses for it, trust me. I'm saying we had the we understood when Ohio State's score against Iowa looked a little different at the end of that game than what the game actually showed. We were all concerned about that, right? Like we yes. could acknowledge the game was a little closer than the score, but it doesn't matter. You lost the game. Well, you also scored three points in the second half. <sighs> Independent yeah. of the defense looking like turds which, of course, we'll dive into during the three-hour extravaganza. I don't understand how this offense, with all the weapons that it has, and I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about the weird running back situation, because that's been the case all season long. Michigan had their own weird running back situation going yeah, on. Right. So I'm not... Look, Michigan's best player all season long, their offense ran through Blake Corum. And he, he had two carries he was and for basically show. couldn't play. Right, he knew he couldn't go, but he was out there for show, and he was out there for moral support. That's fantastic. But let's not talk about how all oh, the Buckeyes would have won this game if they had all the running backs. I don't know that. Are they playing defense? Right. There's Well, here's the other question I have, though. To your point about the sec- like that second half for Ohio State offensively, here are the possessions that they had. All right, go ahead. Punt, punt, punt. Field goal, interception, interception. I know at the end, the two interceptions, again, CJ trying to make a play and making some bad decisions, but regardless, it was not a touchdown fest in that second half. First half, I thought the Buckeye offense looked a little bit more dynamic and played a little bit more like we expected, but what did Michigan do? They adjusted on defense. They made different decisions. They adjusted. Yeah, there were some drops that Ohio State had too, but by and large, they adjusted to change and stop what Ohio State was doing. Ohio State really didn't change what they were trying to do. No. Uh, CJ, look, there's uh, three categories that I usually assign athletes in my head. Well, four, I guess. Bad. Yeah. A guy. 
a dude and the dude. Okay. And I, I, I like that. I think that last category, the dude, is something everybody aspires to be, where you can look back at a moment and you can say, yes. That is when this guy, that's when the dude became the dude. When Justin Fields left the game in Ann Arbor and then walked back on the field, first throw after hurting his leg is a touchdown dart, he turns into the dude. And C.J. Stroud may wind up making a lot of money on Sundays. I have no idea. I think we can all safely say now he's not winning the Heisman Trophy, right? I think so. I mean, I'm not breaking any news to anybody, but he had the type of season where he's in discussion for the Heisman Trophy. But C.J. Stroud, to me, is still just a dude. He's not the dude. Well, I agree with you on that. By the way, if you're saying having those moments, right? Caleb Williams had those moments for USC, didn't he? I mean, he he went out and said, I am the Heisman frontrunner Absolutely. after this weekend. Absolutely. And showed it. Even though he knew, yeah, wasn't the, the greatest day for C.J. Stroud, he then went out and had a big game and looked great. This is, this is what I am concerned about with quarterback position for Ohio State. And with C.J. Stroud specifically, I agree with you that he is a dude. He is a very good football player. He is a really good quarterback. I feel like whatever decision was made at some point along his career trajectory, be that in his own head, be that in Ryan Day's head, be that both of them deciding this together, whatever it was, to not have started out early on in his time at Ohio State last year to say, hey, man, when there's, you know, 10 yards of green space in front of you. Try to get six or seven of those yards. And and yeah, run out of bounds as soon as you can. But you're a better athlete than most of these guys that are chasing you. You'll be able to get out of bounds and, I, and, I don't know and not to, take a ton of huge hits. I don't know hits. where to take that. And you and I have talked about this so often. You know, last year this was a topic of conversation. And it sounded like, you know, Ryan Day in, in press conferences, you know, he'd say like, oh yeah, that's something we've talked about, something we've worked on. And but I don't know if that's just the coach giving us dummies lip service and in his mind he's saying, you're all stupid. I don't want him running. He needs to be in the pocket. And CJ's the one going to him say, coach, I can do it. Or if it's the other way around. If the coach is trying to get CJ out of his comfort zone, which is staying in the pocket, and CJ just didn't want to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. I don't know. The reality is, though, you're right, Bone. That is an element of his game. I know he's never going to have the mobility of J.J. McCarthy, but that doesn't mean you can't move the sticks and give the defense something extra to think about. Well, and again, Ryan Day knew that going into this game. And he decided that, or or it was decided or whatever, that we're not going to really have a guy who can run the football. I will say this. I think going forward for Ryan Day, when it comes to recruiting and looking for quarterbacks, not that CJ's not a great quarterback. He had a great career here at Ohio State. And he will State. be looking for a quarterback. He will. Because the next quarterback of his team is not on the roster. I, I, I feel, I'd, I'd be shocked if it is. But I'll tell you what. It, again, you don't need a guy who's going to carry it 20 times, right? You don't need JT Barrett. You need a guy who can still efficiently throw the ball, but maybe doesn't have the greatest NFL arm, has a really good arm. You need a guy, though, who four or five times a game can tuck the ball when the entirety of the pocket spreads out around him and there is 20 yards of green space directly in front of him where the center has cleared out a guy and the left guard has cleared out a guy and all of a sudden you got safeties are running down the field, linebackers are all over the place, running to the edges. That's, that's when you then can take off and get that first down and then slide. You don't have to bowl him over for 20 yards. Get 12. And I don't know why that wasn't something that was worked on or just, I always will feel like that is limiting this Ohio State offense. 
And it's not because I need every player to be Lamar Jackson who plays quarterback. I just feel like you should maybe have, I don't know, that in your wheelhouse in college football. You should be able to run the ball a little bit. And he did at times. Just they didn't do it well enough. So then in a big game, when you do need something to spark your offense, he can't go to that well and say, all right, here we go. We're going to call a play for me to run it. Or we're going to, you know, if this breaks down, I'm going to get those eight yards we need to, to keep on the field on third down. I feel like with a lot of these play calls, and this is not exclusive to Ryan Day. This is this is sort of an epidemic in college football and professional football, too, where it's almost funny to me. I can picture an SNL skit where it's the typical offensive coach and the camera pans to him the first time, and he's got his little laminated card there, and he's calling plays. And then every time they go back, the camera goes back to the coach, that card gets a little bit bigger to where the laminated card then is all you see. Yeah, it's like a poster board. Because they pride themselves on how creative can I be? What can I do here? It's fourth and one. What can I throw at him that they'll never expect? Don't do that. Throw at him what you do best. But I feel like so often you'll have a positive play. You get yourself a third down and two or a second down and two, something like that. And then we'll have some weird end around, sideline to sideline BS. Defense picks up. It's a six-yard loss. All of a sudden, you're back to third and long. We see this Buckeye team constantly running offense sideline to sideline when, to your point, you've got some of the best deep threats in the country and you're not taking advantage of the middle of the field like you should. You've got guys who are great up the sideline. You've got guys who are great over the middle. I went back and looked, and maybe I missed one. I didn't see OSU throw over the middle with any effectiveness until the fourth quarter when the game was largely starting to get out of hand, right? I mean, this. I don't know why this offense can't more regularly put the ball in a space where it always seems like if you're so con- confident in your ability to get to the edges – then wouldn't that mean all these defenses are going to be running out there every time you play, you, whether you play fake out there or whether you actually pump fake and then throw it over the middle? Have You got Kate Stover out there. You got guys who can make those plays. I don't understand why that isn't done more often in this offense. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. More coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon. Southbound US 42. There's an accident at London Road. Also picking up some slow traffic. Northbound I-71 Southside between Greenlawn Avenue and I-70. No major delays through there at the moment. This report is sponsored by Family Dollar. Enjoy this holiday season even more with Family Dollar. Stop by and find everything for the celebration. Like Betty Crocker baking goods, stylish ornaments, and hundreds of toys. 15 and under. Family Dollar helping you do more. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. These two probably should have stayed in their basements. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Reaction Monday, sponsored by the Buckeye Law Group, injured after a car accident. Remember, after 911, call 411-800-411-PAIN. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. I think I have controlled myself reasonably. Yeah, I think up so. Up to this point. I, I think that's all going to come to an end, though. Why is that? This segment. Because I, I can't stand people who should know better. People who cover the sport of college football. Thinking that there's still just one college football. Right? There's not. There's college football. And then there's a different set of rules for the oh. best programs in this country. Yeah, in which we are one of them. Breaking news. 
Well, right. Uh, the national writers tend to do this often. And they and you're right. They separate uh, they separate the football into its own different rules and places. And then they chastise fans for having different expectations. It drives me nuts. You know, and, and the Greg McElroy's of the world come in here for a week, and on the broadcast, he wants to tell Buckeye fans how it is. Now, let us tell you how it is, Alabama boy. Let us tell you how it is. You understand standards, don't you? Don't quote overall win and loss record to me. I don't care what Ryan Day's overall record is. The reality is, Ryan Day coaches a lot of preseason games and only a handful of games that matter. So what are you doing in those games that matter? I'll tell you what you did on Saturday. You crapped the bed. That wasn't one mistake changes the game. That wasn't if we clean this up. You still need to make wholesale changes on this defense. Your offense scored three points. Michigan has beaten you back-to-back times. You are the only Ohio State head coach in over 20 years to at any point have a losing record against Michigan. So I don't care that you beat Indiana every single time you play them. That does nothing for me. What I need to see is can you win the big games? You had a big game on Saturday, and you lost. And that means you don't get an opportunity to win the Big Ten. That is a given every single year. It should be a given every single year. You beat Michigan, you win the Big Ten. And so I'm not like a lot of you saying Ryan Day should be fired, even though I understand where you're coming from. Trust me. But if I were in charge, if I were Gino, and I was thinking about what type of crappy artificial surface I'm putting in the shoe next year, I'd walk down to that office and say, buddy, you got one year. You've got one year. Next year, you go to Ann Arbor and you win, and you win the Big Ten. If not, don't even make the return trip back. Right. I don't. I don't blame anyone for having those expectations. I don't blame any fans for saying right now they don't think Ryan Day is the guy. I understand also why Gene Smith isn't going to go there and just fire Ryan Day after two straight losses to Michigan. There's a lot more at stake there. But if you don't think the pressure is ratcheted up even further, it was already on him. Ryan Day knew going Absolutely into this game. Absolutely it was. He knew how important it was to win this game. He would tell you that. But let's go through Ryan Day, the, the losses that he has, right? He has a loss to Clemson in 2019. That was a college football playoff game. Last I checked, those are the games that Ohio State is hoping to win and not just say, well, glad we showed up and got a t-shirt. You want to win those games. You want to be the national champion, but I understand you can't win all of them. 2020, what'd they do in that weird shortened season? They lose to Bama. Okay, again, you played a really tough Alabama football team, and they got you. That happens. What happened last year? You played two halfway tough teams on this schedule. Oregon got you at home, and Michigan got you on the road. And, and we can that, argue whether if Oregon was a tough team. Well, but I'm saying they at least are a Power 5 division opponent that has some pedigree, right? That has, in the past, recruited decently. And they didn't come right. to your... I'm saying, but like, I'm misremembering. Wasn't their best player out for that game? Wasn't Thibodeau out for that yeah, game? Yeah, he was. Came on Thibodeau. Their defensive lineman was out. What I'm saying is, in these moments and in these situations where the national media is like, guys, look, he's only lost a handful of games. Right. Do you, on the national media, typically find yourselves looking at Ohio State beating Maryland by 50? Or Rutgers by 50? Or Indiana by 50? Or Nebraska by 40? You know, or Purdue by 30 on the years where you actually beat Purdue. Last year, Michigan State, they beat them 56-7. to seven. You remember that? Everyone looked at those teams and said, wow, Big Ten's just bad. Awful Big Ten. Big Ten's down. Can't compete with the SEC. Can't really compete with the ACC, right? Now, whether that's fair or not, 
That's the narrative these same college football writers around the country will tell you. Big Ten's not that great at football. They are not a football conference like the SEC is. They don't play it as well up there because they don't prioritize it. What have been all the stories with the coaching hires this weekend? Look how much money they're spending. The Big Ten West finally starting to take football seriously. Maybe that'll change their trajectory of what they are as a conference. Great. So you can't tell me Ryan Day's record, Ryan Day's record, and then when we say, well, let's look at the record. Who's he beaten? And say, I beat all those bad teams in the Big Ten. Fans have a right to then say, well, you told us they're bad. You've said they're awful. And so then we, we are right to say, who's he really beating? We're also right to say the standards are different when someone's making nine and a half million dollars a year. Of course. All right. This isn't Joe Paterno working for 200 grand, living in the same house he lived in in 1951. These guys are highly compensated to deal with this pressure. You're paying Ryan Day nine and a half million dollars a year to win the biggest games of the season, and he's not. Who cares if he's beating the also-rans in this conference? I've heard a few people around college football say, well, if Ohio State fans, they put all the pressure on this game, this is what they get for not looking at the joys of the rest of the season. Get the hell out of here! Well, right. Then you understand nothing! Well, that's my point, right? We, You can't have it both ways that we should be super excited every time Ohio State goes and beats Rutgers or goes and beats joys of the rest of the season. What do you put down the highlight reel this year? Right. What what are you closing your eyes at night and remembering fondly from the 2022 season? I'll hang up and listen for my answer. Seriously, what is it? You're right. You're going to put on there, you were hoping to put on there, the Michigan victory. That was the thing. We've said this from day one. Ohio State has to play three or four perfect games a year, and they'll win the national championship. Why is that? Because you don't have to play perfect against everybody else in the Big Ten to win the Big Ten. You don't. Now, one of those teams you do have to play pretty well against is obviously Michigan. Michigan, you cannot go out there and play a mediocre game and still get away with it. Those days are gone. In fact, I would say they never really were. They never really left. You always had to play a good game. But Ohio State showed up better in those games, mostly, over the last 20 years bone, than they did in the 90s. Isn't this more fun? I've been told by people that this is just so much fun. The rivalry be even better next year, Mike. That's what I'm told because Michigan's oh, so good. Okay. And next year they'll be really good so too. So fun. I'm having a great time. I told you this. I said it right after the game again on Twitter. I'll say it as many times as I have to. I hope Michigan loses every game for the rest of eternity. I hope they go and, and lose to Purdue. Why. Right. I hope they lose that. Oh, that hurts our chances I don't at the care. I, I don't, don't care. You hurt your own chance at the playoffs by losing the game. I don't care if Michigan ever, ever wins another football game. Because to me, it's not about seeing Michigan be at their best and Ohio State being at their best. I want to see Michigan miserable. Because you know how I feel right now? I feel like Ohio State lost every game this year. I know they didn't. I know they beat a bunch of teams. But again... The Pete Thamels of the world and the people who watch college football for a living, they will all, Stuart Mandel, they'll tell you, Big Ten West, not good. Big Ten East is Ohio State and Michigan. Sometimes Penn State, not this year. Right? They will tell you that. Not me. I'm not making that up. That's what they will say. They will all joke about how pathetic the West is, how pathetic most of the Big Ten is. And so when we say, but I'd like to beat the good team in the Big Ten, I'd like to win that big oh, rivalry game. Value the what you have. I don't know what, I, that's what the thing. Have. I don't know what I have. Well, I'll tell you what you I, have. I'm saying you don't know if Ryan Day is coaching Ohio State you. the SEC. Are they a four-loss team every year? I have no idea. Because we're talking about trends, right? 2020, 2021, and this year all have the same thing in common. We'll talk about it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. 
Fan Traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon on southbound US 42. Reports of an accident at London Road. Also seeing an accident East Broad Street at Summit Road Southwest. This report is sponsored by Family Dollar. Enjoy this holiday season even more with Family Dollar. Stop by and find everything for the celebration, like Betty Crocker baking goods, stylish ornaments, and hundreds of toys, $15 and under. Family Dollar, helping you do more. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. If Biggie Size was a radio show, this would be it. This is Common Man and T-Bone. All right. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. I hate everything. Yeah. We're talking about trends now. All right? We talked about 2020. Big game, national championship against Alabama. What happened in that game? They lost. Defense is trash. Yeah. Right? You right. gave up 650 yards total offense. Defense, trash. Next season, talk about big games. Go to Ann Arbor. Defense, trash. Go to the fake Rose Bowl against fake Utah. Who cares? You win the game. Barely. Barely. Defense, trash. This game, Ann Arbor, not Ann Arbor, here against Michigan. Defense, trash. And for all the lip service about, wow, top five defense, top ten defense, Jim Knowles changed everything. Nothing has changed. This is now three seasons, parts of three seasons, where you have suffered because your defense is trash. So my question is, what are you going to do about it? If the answer is, I don't have anybody, all my guys suck, I don't have any talent, well, that's still on you, Ryan Day, because you're recruiting these guys. So what's the problem? Tell me. Well, this is kind of the, I mean, this gets into the Jim Harbaugh quotes from last year about guys being born on third base. I didn't think that was fair, but at the same time, the whole substance to that is the idea that Ryan Day got a bunch of recruits from Urban Meyer's time here. And then since then, what has he done with those recruits? How has he built up and continued? And the idea here being, if that defense is not good because there's not enough good players on it, then at what point do we put that on Ryan Day recruiting all the guys who are here? Now, if you believe there are good players on it, then you have to at least look at the coaches. And by the way, Jim Knowles deserves a lot of blame for this game. A ton of blame. Sure he does. His idea was we are going to sell out to stop the run. We said on the air, that's probably a good idea. But we did say the only concern with that is if you sell out to stop the run and you leave your corners and DBs one-on-one down the field, are they good enough to make plays? And my response to that was, J.J. McCarthy is not good enough to carve up Ohio State down the field. I'm not worried about it. And he didn't have to be. And he, and he didn't have to be. Because, because he's got guys running 30 yards wide open down the well, field. Well, that's it, right? I mean, I think the biggest difference in this game from a personnel slash coaching standpoint, you can talk all you want about Jim Harbaugh calling some ballsy plays at times and whatever, man. Is Jim Harbaugh a genius now? I've, I've got tons of thoughts on that. I don't think he is. But what I will tell you is, uh, the play of Michigan secondary, they outplayed Ohio State secondary by miles. Now, that doesn't mean they outplayed Ohio State's wide receivers pound for pound, inch for inch, you know, that whole thing. I think Ohio State's wide receivers held their own plenty of times, right? You saw right at the beginning of the game. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s got a guy draped all over him. There's not a flag thrown. I don't know how. And he makes a one-handed catch on the sidelines. Right, like, there's talent on this wide receiver group, and they made a lot of plays. Had a couple drops, too, certainly. But that play, Kate Stover catches it in the end zone. It gets knocked out by Michigan's defensive back. I forget which one it was. Great play. 
That defender made a great play in a big spot. That's all Ohio State was looking for. What did they have in about a similar time of the game on the other end where Ohio State is trying to slow down Michigan and Michigan, you have three guys chasing J.J. McCarthy. He heaves it on a third down deep into the end zone. All you have to do is turn around, see the ball, no. knock it out of the hey, air. You do. Turn and then, around. And instead, because the pass was so late, you had time to catch up to the guy who was, in fact, open. And then you turn around and you bulldoze him as the ball is coming in without even looking back to see the ball. And, of course, you get a penalty flag. You give them life. This this is the difference in the game, right? Is that your players in the secondary didn't make some plays. Their players in the secondary did. That's one of the big differences and, to me in this and game. And we've seen it all season long. We've seen it for the last seven, right. eight years. But especially this season where these these corners are just lost. They're lost out there in one-on-one coverage. They look confused. They're lost. Their timing's all screwed up. Even moments where they seem to be looking for the ball, they fail to jump for the ball at the right time. They're just lost. And what I don't understand is, like you said, their secondary outplayed our wide receivers. They did. But why aren't we giving our wide receivers the same one-on-one opportunities? Why in the red zone aren't we just throwing up 50-50 balls to Marvin Harrison? Right. Why aren't we doing that? Looking for him to either make a play or to draw a flag on Michigan to get them thinking about things a little bit. Right. I don't. And then that goes back to me with why all of this goes to Ryan Day. As much as I am down on some of the players, right? I mean, there were there were guys. Was it Cam Martinez who had the he got shook out of his shorts yeah, yeah. And, and turned his back to the line of scrimmage and sprinted the wrong way. And then that led to one of those two catches by Cornelius, whatever his name is. Like, that dude running down the field is going to give me nightmares. But why was that? Was that because your defensive back had bad technique? Of course. But why are you putting him? If it's if he's that, got that bad a technique, then why aren't you covering that and saying, no, we don't. We we know Blake Corum's not healthy. We This whole thing about toughness, this whole thing about toughness was we got to win the battles at the line of scrimmage. You, you've got guys up front now who can win those battles, and you didn't trust them. Instead, you crowd the box, you crowd the line of scrimmage, you brought your safeties up even closer than they needed to be, you left maybe right. one safety or no safeties back 90% of the time, and all those big plays happen primarily because either on a run, guy misses one tackle and it's off to the races, or one guy slips and that's it. I know that you have to trust guys to do their jobs, but if you know that your weakness all year long has been your DBs not being able to hang in one-on-one coverage, maybe don't design your whole game plan around that. You brought up the word trust a couple times which I, I i don't think this coaching staff trusts the players and i just i don't know why i don't know if it's they don't think they have good players because what you're talking about when you're selling out to stop the run which they clearly did on saturday that's what bad teams have to do bad teams have to pick one or the other because they know they're not good enough to do both I don't understand why the Buckeyes aren't good enough just to line up and play defense and adapt to what's in front of them. Right. Well, I'm, I'm saying if they trusted anything, they, they trusted the secondary over the front seven. But why do you have to sell out to like, do I'm, anything I'm just saying, is my point. I know what you're I know what you're getting at, but I'm saying even if it is, oh, well, we trusted. We, we did trust. We trusted our, you know, defensive backs to make plays. Why? Why wouldn't it be the opposite? You say, we know what we can't. We know that they can't do that. We have zero faith. I thought. They would, they would have a better idea schematically of how to do this without putting everything at risk if a guy falls down. And especially if you get burned once or twice. How many times? Was it four or five times you had guys missing a tackle out on the edge and it's off to the races? Or you have a guy falling down because he can't 
swivel his hips and stay with a receiver who makes a cut. One cut. And you're dead. then you're just out for the count. Tell me that that's a well-coached defense. Tell me that that's a well-coached football team. No, but in a straight line, they can run really fast. Until the ball is up in the air and hangs well, for a right, then, then you'll they, tackle they him out of bounds and, and no. you get a P.I. for it. that. That's good. All right, we're one-third done with this depressing uh, fest. More to come. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon. East Broad Street reports of an accident at Summit Road Southwest. Also picking up a little bit of slow traffic on eastbound US 33 between I-270 Eastside and Hamilton Road. About two or three minutes worth of delays in through there at the moment. This report is sponsored by Typico Sportsbook. Nothing beats the Ohio home field advantage. Go to winohio.com or download the Typico Sportsbook app. You can win free bets, prizes, and a chance at, at fan experiences. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms, conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. The only thing scarier than Bones analogies is man's browser history. I'm sorry, man. I thought you want to see this. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Reaction Monday. We are reacting all day to the Buckeyes losing to Meat Chicken 45-23. to we have nothing else planned today. This is the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else would we talk about? As much as there are plenty of other things going on in That's sports, fine. this is kind we'll of the focus, this is the focus of, you know, pretty much I think most of you listening. This has been the last 48 hours for most of us, most of you. Everybody's been feeling this. I can't, I can't shake this, too. I've been in a fog the last 48 hours. And, you know, I ran into somebody at the grocery store today, and they said, I'm looking forward to the show. And he said to me, you know, you pretty much, without actually saying Michigan's going to win this game, said everything last week that wound up coming true. And I said, well, I have no crystal ball. It's just, I have eyeballs that work. We've, we've seen these same problems all season long. We have seen an inconsistent defense. We have seen big plays given up. We have seen undisciplined play. Too many penalties. We saw it again here. Yeah. You know, we saw false start penalties. We saw dumb personal foul penalties, headbutting dudes on the sidelines, right in front of referees. You're going to be physical. At least be smart about it. We've seen this before. Nothing is new. We've seen inconsistent offense and weird play calling. Now, we haven't seen three points and a half against right. Michigan. That right. was new. Yeah. Look, I know this, man. You want to talk about being tough, being physical, all those things. How about 10 yards on 11 carries? in the first half for Michigan's offense. That shows me you can be tough and physical. That's all. Your defense played tough and physical, right? And then? And then Michigan adjusted. Yes. So this what a whole, novel concept. This whole nut that we're trying to crack here of what? where does the blame? The blame lies everywhere, right? There are players who missed assignments. There are guys who I'm sure no coaches were telling players, hey, completely ignore you know the boundary if that's your responsibility. Don't fill the gap that you're supposed to fill, any of that. I'm sure there was plenty of that where guys missed what they were supposed to do. But Michigan made adjustments that took advantage of those mistakes. Ohio State could not capitalize on Michigan mistakes. There's Here's a prime example of it. This is an execution thing. We haven't talked about this yet. That punt that Ohio State fans, everybody I think was texting about, tweeting about, frustrated about, that's one where CJ wanted to stay on the field. I think it was and, fourth, fourth and, and five. Fourth and five. Fourth you're and in six. Michigan territory. You know you need to go out there. And then they punted, and Michigan ended up going on what, like a 
eight minute drive, fifteen plays, ended in the fourth quarter as and opposed it was, to the third quarter. It was a bad quarter. punt too because you didn't even pin him inside the ten, anything like that. It went in the end zone. Bad punt. Well, it wasn't supposed to be a punt from everything we can tell. Right. Jim Harbaugh acknowledges today. Basically, there's been video floating around. Multiple people found this, tweeted it out, saying, "Look at this play." They had it. Ohio State had it drawn up on a fourth and I think it ended up being fourth and eleven because they took a penalty to back up a little bit because they wanted to run this this play and get Michigan out of there. Michigan was waiting for a fake. And then they took the penalty and said, ah, they're not going to fake it now. And that was that was the goal. Ohio State coaches actually, I thought that's pretty smart if that's what they were trying to do. So then they the idea was Mitch Rossi's going to take a snap at fullback as one of the up men blocking. He's going to take it. They had a lead blocker going to the left. And it looked like it was all set up for that to happen. Yeah. Michigan had three guys on the right side of the line. They had even matchup on the left side. They overloaded one side to get the punt block in. And they were had. And what happened? Long snapper snaps directly to the punter. And you can see Rossi like look around going, like put his hands up going, what, what was that? And then, of course, he starts blocking and doing what he's supposed to be. He's just looking around like, I'm supposed to get the football. And that one almost got blocked because three guys came in unencumbered. To the punter. Because they weren't blocking for a punt. They were yeah. blocking for a fake. Right. That is a lack of execution, is it not? Yeah. Does that not fall under everything we've been talking about here where did Ohio State coaches have some good ideas? Of course they did. Do they have some gutsy calls in there? Sure they did. Doesn't matter if you can't execute it, though. Well, and, and again, it's easy to look at the players and say, players have to execute. They do. But on again, I, I still go back to most coaches would say, yeah, that's on me for not having this thing drilled enough dialed in enough to know that these guys will not screw this up you have to know your players you've got to know what they can and can't execute i have some sound here would you like to play it i wouldn't play it but i'd listen to it sure if you play it. what would you like me to play yeah you can play it that's uh here's a little quote from jim knowles after the game yeah you know you gotta you have to evaluate you know the uh explosives when they go from touch for touchdowns you know they become a a different story typically you know the course of my career you preach you know the explosive plays and you, know, you have a chance to get the guy on the ground and then you and then you recover but when they go for uh touchdowns certainly that's uh something that falls on me and, and you're right i need to look at it you don't have to look at anything we've seen this all season long you have to fix it yeah i i we've seen it all season i don't understand the idea of like well, we got to fix something or we got to get this right. Yeah, you got to get it right, but you've had all year to get it right. That's the thing. This game, everyone knows how the Ohio State schedule is set up. Yeah, you had a tougher, air quotes, game against Notre Dame than if you played some of the cupcakes that Michigan played, right? Get real. Well, you know what I'm saying. Michigan played UConn and Hawaii. Whatever. I understand you scheduled Notre Dame. They weren't nearly as good as you had hoped they would be, but whatever. You played a slightly better competition, but after that, what did you have? Mostly you had the Big Ten schedule. It was actually probably easier than you would have thought, right? Yes. You see Wisconsin coming in. They were not the same Wisconsin. Nebraska's never been Nebraska. Iowa was very down this year. Their offense sucked. The defense was great, but their offense was poo. What are you talking about? They almost won the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, they right. That vaunted side they were of the conference. right there. All, and, and what'd they do? Not win. Why? Because they suck. Yes. Well, anyway, the point here is you know how this schedule sets up. You've got to get it right and have everything dialed in by November. So then when this game comes, you're playing at full bore. You are playing as best as you can. Were they anywhere close to optimal 
at the end of this game or at the end of this season? No. 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 They the, coming in this Michigan game, we knew there were big holes on this team. We knew there were concerns left and right. And this team still couldn't find a way to tune that up and correct it in November. And that's led to where you are. So to hear coaches saying, well, we got to fix that. Yeah, you've had that all year you've had to fix and you haven't done it. That means you failed. Uh, here is CJ after the game. Honestly, I just don't know how to feel right now. It's kind of just happened so fast. So I don't know if this is my last time playing in the shoe, man, but I've enjoyed every second I've gotten in there. Came a long way, man, from first game playing in the shoe, being booed. Everybody not saying very nice things about me and uh, kind of I think I've earned everybody's respect uh, as time has gone on and I think I've, I've fallen in love with Columbus, Ohio and Buckeye Nation so um, I'm, I've enjoyed every second of it um, a, a lot of ups a lot of downs man but I just I appreciate everybody that that comes and, and, and supports every game I don't I don't think one game defines us I don't think that this game defines this team. I would take this team over anybody in the country every week, man. So I'm blessed to be a part of this this fraternity and this brotherhood. Um, and uh, yes, I know what he's trying to say. And you're putting a microphone in front of this guy's face right after the worst loss of his career. I understand that, but the other reality is, this is Ohio State. One game does define you. That's oh, the, yeah. that's reality. I mean, look, Ryan Day's a very nice guy. C.J. Stroud seems like a very nice guy. I don't know. Ryan, Ryan Day does a lot for mental health awareness, and I respect the hell out of that. And it seems like he's a normal guy in a profession of crazy people. Very nice family. He's all not, he's are, not, yes, he's right, not paid $9.5 million to be a nice guy. He's paid $9.5 million to beat one team every single year. One game does define you. You can say, well, it's overly harsh. That's Ohio State. That's, you know that you have to win this game, and that propels you to the Big Ten Championship. Well, right. Th- those things are not getting done. You know, again, I I don't know if, because again, I, I bring this up from time to time because my wife played in the marching band, right? I have watched the marching band practice. I have watched them drill. They take that, which is the pregame entertainment and the halftime entertainment for this. They take that as seriously as anybody takes any football thing they've ever done. They they have dress checks. They've got all kinds of stuff that if you're not up to stuff, you can get challenged on the marching band to like lose your spot one week. It's a huge when you, when you see the guy going out and dotting the eye, guy or girl that gets to do that, it is like a lifetime achievement award for getting all this hard work and praise in. To then say, and I, and I know CJ, I'm not blaming him. I'm going back to the people who say, well, why do these OSU fans get so crazy about this game? The band is crazy about this game. Everyone on campus is Xing out M's left and right all over campus this week. You have gold pants made. Jewelry is made to give to the team if they beat Michigan. So to then say, well, hey, you can't just be defined by one game. You know who says that? Losers. Well, right. That's what the- Michigan started to say. Right. And I don't. I'm not putting that on C.J. Stroud. You asked him that. Right after the game, people ask him that right after the game. How's he supposed to feel? No, I get it. I I'm understand. sure he instantly wants to say, well, hopefully this isn't the way I get remembered, but I get it, right? It's frustrating. Go ask. Stan Jackson, I saw, tweeted after the game. He said, I know how this feels. He's been there and done that. He's seen it, right? Former OSU quarterback. John Cooper's name is trending on Twitter. That's not fair to Coop. It sucks. Coop is one of the... Coop is in the Hall of Fame. He's a college football Hall of Famer when it comes to coaching. He is defined by the fact that that game, unfortunately, did not go his way a lot of the time. Is that fair? No. 
Is it fair? That's the, that's the job, though. Well, and is it fair that we probably gloss over some of like Jim Tressel's achievements where he failed with multiple teams that should have won national championships, right? But we kind of gloss over that. Why? Because he beat Michigan. Didn't have that losing record against Michigan. Didn't even come close. Reset the rivalry. Then Urban came in and went undefeated against Michigan. Standards are now high against playing Michigan. A couple losses here or there. I don't think Ryan Day will have three and four opportunities to get another win against Michigan. I think he has one more. That's what I'm saying. Like, one more I don't opportunity. Think if they go up there next year and lose, no, that's it. you may see that be the end of it all. That's it. As far as his time here at Ohio State. More conversation coming up. Colin Mann and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon. Southbound US 42 reports of an accident are at London Road. Also seen a little bit of slow traffic on eastbound I-70 west side between Mound Street and State Road 315. Showing maybe two or three minutes worth of delays through there at the moment. This report is sponsored by Meyer. Save up to $30 all week long at Meyer with Cyberbucks and M-Perks. Clip the coupon in M-Perks before you check out to save $10, $20, or up to $30. Redeem on each qualifying purchase through December 3rd. Get more for your money at Meyer. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Dumb is the only language these two are fluent in. You're listening to Man and Bone. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. We are here discussing it. Uh, we are talking about C.J. Stroud last segment. And if you look at the overall numbers on the season, they all look fantastic. 3,300 yards, 37 touchdowns, six picks. And as the national people will tell you, historically, you put those numbers up against anybody. These are the same people that should understand the nuance of college football from 1985 and 2022 and how it's ridiculous to compare offensive numbers era to era. That's not to say C.J. Stroud would have been a crappy quarterback in 1985. I have no idea. But the offenses are different. We can't just look at somebody's touchdowns to picks and say, yeah, greatest of all time, 37-6. and six. Doesn't no, work that way. No, of course not. I think defenses are played differently, called differently, offenses the are The game is called differently. differently. You can't touch anybody. You can't do anything. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I look at his time here at Ohio State, C.J. Stroud's, assuming that that's probably the last game for the OSU-Michigan rivalry he's going to play in. Remains to be seen what he'll do in a bowl game if he does play. I assume he won't unless it's unless it's that outside, outside, outside chance they were to somehow sneak into the playoffs. Be quiet. Which, right, I know. I it's not, it's not it. happening. Okay. Just saying, outside of that, I don't think he's playing another game for Ohio State. It's complicated how he'll be remembered, right? He definitely put up a lot of numbers. Why is it that we can't look back on players like C.J. Stroud and just acknowledge the good and the bad, right? I mean, we looked at like with basketball, how would you quantify a guy like David Lighty? David Lighty is a pretty good player. Yeah. Really good player. Played on some great teams. Wasn't a marquee scorer. No, wasn't that wasn't his job. I know that's different apples to oranges a little bit with C.J. Stroud. He is the quarterback of Ohio State. The expectations are higher. But my point is, when we watch, we look at the basketball team, we look at pretty much any other sports team at Ohio State, we can find shades of gray, dare I say scarlet and gray, where we say, yeah, this guy had great moments, and there were some moments that didn't live up to the hype, right? Or, or he didn't play as well as he could have. And I'm not, I'm not trying to shade David Lighty in any of this. He's one, of, he's one of the better basketball players to play here in the last 25 years, right? I'm, I'm not trying to rip him. I'm saying we all acknowledge he wasn't the greatest player ever at Ohio State history. He was really good. 
And he had some flaws to his game. He, he, right. Why can't we do that with C.J. Stroud or with any other player that didn't quite live up to the hype but still was really good? Why can't we look at C.J. Stroud and say, yeah, the measuring stick at Ohio State is how many times did you beat Michigan? He didn't get that done. Outside of that, he had a really good career. A career that a lot of people would be proud he of. He did have a really good career. He's a dude. He's yeah. not the dude. I asked this question on Friday to Timmy, so it's not revisionist history. We had this conversation on Friday. And I said, you got your choice between CJ, you can st- you can ride with him, or we can go to Justin Fields, or we can go to Dwayne Haskins, we can go to Cardale, we can go to JT, we can go to Braxton, we can go to Terrell Pryor, we can go to Troy Smith. You can pick any of those guys to start this game on Saturday. Which one do you pick? Oh, I'm very, I, neither I'm one interested. of us chose CJ. Well, that's it, right? I mean, I, I chose I mean, Troy. I was going to say I would take the Heisman Trophy winner. I, and you know what? The year that Troy Smith won the Heisman Trophy. By the way, it wasn't thirty years ago. When was that? Two thousand six. He won the Heisman yeah, Trophy. I think you're right. Troy Smith threw for almost a thousand yards fewer than CJ Stroud threw for this season. Yeah. Who's going to tell me that they're taking CJ over Troy Smith? No one. Nobody. Well, Nobody. Man, I would. I mean, but that's that's sadly the thing, right? I would probably take Braxton fully healthy. I think, he Timmy, had his I think Timmy took Braxton. I would take Trell Pryor, right? Like yes, the ability I would to, too. Imagine his ability to run out in the open field and still throw it down the field. Like that, that guy could have had and did have a great career at Ohio State. Could have been even better, right? With I imagine some of these guys playing in this. You're probably taking Justin Fields too, right? Taking Justin Fields. Yeah, this is not in any way, shape, or form trying to rip C.J. Stroud. It's just pointing out that. The idea that every player who plays quarterback at Ohio State is the greatest to ever have played. No, they're the latest iteration to play that position, and some guys play it better than others. There are, there have been plenty of guys I grew up watching in the 90s that I, look, Bobby Hoying, really good player. Bobby Hoying doesn't probably hold a candle as good as he was to any of those quarterbacks you just mentioned. And, and it's unfair, too, because he's also not running era, the same sort of offense. Right, different era. Same thing with my guy, Joe Germain. You know how much I love yeah. Joe Germain? Who knows what Joe Germain would look like in the modern-day offenses? Who knows what, you know, if it would be... I mean, he was really great. Those would be even better. Who knows if they would have won a national even, championship? Even a guy like Krenzel, you know, Krenzel made plays with his legs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. Krenzel was not... I don't think anyone would look at him and say that's one of the best running quarterbacks of all time, but he more than he was more than able to get yardage in key moments. That's what defines really good players from great players. Whether that is something that translates to the NFL, whether that translates to you know winning the Heisman, that's a different conversation. But in these big moments, how do those players step up and make plays? There are just some guys who find a knack to be there in those moments and other guys who don't. That does not mean those other guys suck. It means we're we're arguing about greatness. We're not arguing about are these guys really, really good. Everyone who plays in yeah, Ohio State should be really, really it's good. It's that little thing that separates dude from that dude. Right. The dude. Yeah. And they just, Buckeyes didn't have those players on the roster this year. And maybe Ryan Day's not that dude as a coach. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I was thinking about this before the show. And it's, we were talking about quarterbacks and who's going to be on the team next year, who's going to be the starting quarterback. I don't know. I contend that that quarterback is out in the portal, whoever it is, is not on this roster, who's going to be the starting quarterback next year. How about this scenario? I don't think this is likely to happen, but I was chuckling about this because Paul Keels had it in the update that Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara has officially confirmed he is entering the transfer portal. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine if Cade McNamara transfers into here, wins the starting job, and he's the guy that goes to Ann Arbor next year to try and avenge and and finally get Ryan Day over the hump? Can you imagine that? I I can't. Hollywood couldn't write that. Here's why I can't imagine that. I can't imagine Ryan Day wanting to look like that would that would be that would look weak. Yes, I don't. Th- a, I don't think it's likely. I don't to think happen. it's going to happen. But the reason I. But again, to go back to this whole notion of the mental side of this whole thing now, right? Clearly, Jim Harbaugh takes up a lot of real estate in Ryan Day's head. And by the way, Urban Meyer took up a lot of real estate in Jim Harbaugh's head. Absolutely. And after that first year, Ryan Day clearly took up a lot of real estate in Jim Harbaugh's head. That's why he had the comments he had. You know, but. There's a reason why this game has so much of the mental side of things around it. It's something that Jim Harbaugh couldn't seem to shake for a long time. He finally did. And now the pressure goes more to or to Urban Meyer, to Ryan Day, to say, can you shake this pressure of what if you go and lose a third time? I think that's why the quarterback situation at Ohio State, as we go into the offseason, whatever that offseason looks like, whenever it officially begins, that's going to be the question. Transfer portal open today, as you mentioned, there's going to be a quarterback that enters that portal that the Buckeye staff have made con they will make contact with. I'm almost I I have no source on that. I'm just saying I would guess they're going to be reaching out engaging interest because next year can't be a learning curve. Can't be a guy who's been sitting no, around for no, a couple no, years no. waiting for his turn. You got to go now and have either that guy who comes out and plays his first year right away great or you got to get someone in the transfer portal who's already played big time college football is not scared of the moment just needs to be on a better team. The narrative next year will not be well you're we're one year away from no, doing something. There's no one year away. This is it. Ryan Day if he loses to Michigan next season he's not given an opportunity to lose a fourth. I'd be shocked if he For is. for me at least. I mean yeah. I I don't care what the overall I don't care if he goes undefeated until that game next year. You lose again Forget about it. That's it for me. More conversation coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. And good afternoon. Southbound US 23 report of an accident with injuries at Hyatt's Road. Also seeing a disabled vehicle off on the right berm eastbound I-70 west side before Hilliard Rome Road. This report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get real fresh, real low prices at your local Fresh Time Market. This week, save on Haas avocados or red mangoes, just 77 cents each, now through November 29th. Get real. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Uncomfortably talking about food. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. This is Man and Bone. Reaction Monday. Colin Man and T-Bone brought to you by the Hinder Motor Company. So, Mike, I'm getting a few tweets because we had talked about you and I both are on the boat that we would like to see Michigan lose every game regardless of what that means for records, standings, health of the Big Ten, health of the rivalry. Health of the Big Ten. How healthy is the Big Ten right now? Yeah, I know. Real healthy? Does that get you a lot? No. Michigan's good, so what does that do? By the way, if Michigan was awful and Ohio State beat Michigan by 30, what would we be talking about today? Ohio State locked up unless they lose in a, in a Big Ten championship yeah, game to, to a crappy team. They would be going to the college football playoffs, no questions asked. But I'm told oh, Michigan needs to be good for the health of the rivalry and all that. And no, I saw don't. this from a few people tweeting us saying, hey, can't agree with you guys on the Michigan losing thing. 
we had actually said we'd like to see Michigan lose to Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game. Why not? And I know some people feel differently about that, saying, hey, what if if they win this championship in the Big Ten Championship, then at least we lost to an undefeated, really good Michigan team. I'm not there, man. We lost to Michigan. End of sentence. That's all that matters. I I, I don't understand. There must be some sort of gap in age. I guess we've we've crossed crossed that threshold. You're 40 now. I'm 42 yeah. years old. Yeah. We remember the 90s. We remember what it's like to lose these games. And I guess you just you have people that don't remember, or you think the be all end all is I don't know the, the overall record at the end of the season or a chance to make it to the playoffs. The reality is Ohio State will make it to the playoffs every single year. All they have to do is beat everybody. Well, no, this is, I think, where people get really nuanced with it. There are people who say, if we beat a really good Michigan team, it somehow means more, and we end their season. Listen, that's fine if Michigan was always a top-five team, and Ohio State was a, like Nebraska has been the last 10 years. I hope they get to Nebraska level. Michigan, you mean? Yes. Yes, right. That's my goal. Well, they were at one point. They were were trending that way. (laughs) They were getting there. I'm just saying, like, if Ohio State were in that we only win seven or eight games a year, then sure, the upset would be even sweeter if it was against a top five team. Right. We don't need them. But the reality is, when you're Ohio State, you have the the objective is to win every game and to beat Michigan every year. That's something that's changed over the last 20, 25 years where we came to expect Ohio State was going to win that game every single year. And so now we're starting to feel it again. I don't know about you, Mike, but I felt a lot of reminiscence, and not in a good way, towards my childhood, junior high and high school era of the 90s. I remember it very well. But here's the difference. Maybe you disagree with me on this. Uh, I have no doubt that a couple of those John Cooper teams were the best team in college football. They just happened to lose the wrong game. I yes, I, that's right. I, and I know CJ said it after the game. I know Ryan Day said it because he has to because he has to campaign, campaign saying I think we can do some damage in the playoffs. I don't think he can. Well, I don't I, think I this don't, team. I don't think I this don't, team with that secondary no, can. I don't think this team is the best team in the game, and they just lost one bad game. I don't think so. No. I I don't think they're just limited to man. That's our white whale. But when they get past Michigan, we can beat everybody else. I don't know that. I think if Ohio State plays TCU tomorrow, they lose. I think if Ohio State plays Georgia tomorrow, they lose. I think if Ohio State... Can you imagine Caleb Williams? Yeah. Can you imagine Caleb Williams running around throwing the football in this secondary? Oh, my God. They'll hand him the Heisman Trophy right after the game. They won't even say, New York, here we come. They will give him the trophy. Well, go back to what Tennessee's offense was before Hennon Hooker got hurt, right? Don't you think that offense would have had a field day with this? Right. This idea that Ohio State's offense is... Oh, and by the way... You had trouble with Michigan's defense, which is really, really good. I get that. Well, how do you think he's going to stack up against Georgia? You know what I mean? And the Georgia's defense the playoffs, is ridiculous. That's who you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to get the number one seed. You're going to get Georgia. I would guess. All I know, look, that's fine. Everybody can have their opinions as whatever they want to have on whether Ohio State should play undefeated Michigan every year or Michigan that has no wins or somewhere in between. All I know is I want the best chance of beating Michigan because that's at the end of the day what I care about. I don't care about how much. I hope Michigan fans start to say that stuff. It was so sweet when they would start to say things like, actually, our real rival's Michigan State. I laughed. Yes, we laughed at I all that. I loved it. 
when they started. Because they were conceding. Yes. You're admitting that you can't hang with Ohio State. That, to me, is the ultimate beatdown of your rival, where your rival can't even consider themselves in the same league. That's what I'd like. I'd like that rivalry to be in name only. Where Ohio State still is on the bottom end of that ledger. I know it's because Michigan includes a bunch of wins from when yeah, they were face masks. Yeah. All I know is that that record still exists, and it's not in Ohio State's favor. I thought we were on a path to get that changed. May not be now. I may I may never see that get turned the other way. But I know this. For those of you who do not remember the 90s very well, because maybe you weren't of age to remember them, this is starting to be what it felt like. But you're right, Mike. You could say with a few of those teams, Ohio State had the best team in the country, and they just got tripped up. Yeah, it I felt it felt more like when they would lose to Purdue with Urban. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like yeah. that shouldn't have happened. That's ridiculous. And you had a gut punch in that way because you thought, well, Michigan though they're good, but they're not that good. They had a, they had ninety seven with Charles Woodson. We know he was really that that team was really good. They had a lot of teams that were mediocre. They were not good, and yet Ohio State kept stubbing their toe against them. That's not what I even feel with this. I feel that. Michigan is either on par with Ohio State or in key positions and moments, they were slightly better. But I, I I don't know if we want to go there now, if we want to save this to talk about it later. I have a lot of thoughts on the idea of Jim Harbaugh. Now he's this brilliant I was, coach. I was just going to bring that up. This brilliant coach. I don't now. think he is. But you know what he is doing? Oh, I, I know. I, he's beating Ohio State. Well, no, yes, there's that. And I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm stupid. He's living rent-free in Ryan oh, Day's I head. I know he is. Right, he, he is. And yes. Ryan Day's probably sitting there today saying, how did this guy yeah. beat me two years in a row? I don't know, buddy. I asked the same question on Saturday, but he outcoached you. Well, look, can't this all be true? Jim Harbaugh is a stupid man. I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel any gumption or any badness about saying that. Les Miles he's is a, a stupid man, but he won a national championship. Right. Jim Harbaugh is a deeply stupid individual, and I will never stop believing that. He's a stupid football coach, too. Did you watch at the end of that half, first half, where he's out there screaming at the officials where his guy got tackled because they couldn't hear the whistle because it was so loud, and then he's freaking out and he forgets to call a timeout? They huddled with the clock running like an idiot. Everyone was yelling at him for being stupid, and then he finally calls a timeout and just blew the end of that half. Yeah, Screwed them completely. That was dumb. He's not a great football coach. He's not a smart football coach. He does get his teams to win, which is what the, that's what the matter is, but don't get it twisted for a second. He didn't magically get better. The coaching at Ohio State got worse. That's really, to me, all that it comes down to. Not necessarily game to game, Jim Harbaugh's got plenty of stupidity game to game that you will see, but in this rivalry now, I feel like Ryan Day has to prove that he's a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I think Ryan Day's a smarter guy than Jim Harbaugh. I think C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy, but who was the one throwing a bunch of touchdowns and making plays at the goal line, dropping his shoulder and knocking one of our safeties on his ass? It was not C.J. Stroud, but we all we all know C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy, don't we? And we can certainly acknowledge Ryan Day's a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. Doesn't matter. That's what frustrates me about last weekend. About this game a couple days ago. We, Ohio State very well may be better talent for talent and pound for pound and coach for coach over Michigan. But two years in a row now, they have not shown it. And so there's no reason that we can defend and say, well, Jim Harbaugh is, is a worse coach than Ryan Day. Maybe he is. But Jim Harbaugh being as dumb as he is, has beaten Ryan Day two years in a row. There's no denying it. So where do we go from here? If it's not the playoffs, which I refuse to entertain, 
What's next for this team? We'll discuss next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Westbound 670 accident off on the right berm before Neal Avenue. That's got you moving slow from I-71, maybe two or three minutes worth of delays. Also an accident on US-42 at Bell Road. This report is sponsored by GeneratorFranchise.com. Millions protect their homes from power outages with Generac Home Standby Generators. Would you like to be part of this lucrative industry? Generator Supercenter, the nation's number one Generac generator dealer, has limited franchise opportunities in your area. Learn more at GeneratorFranchise.com. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Man is needing his dough. Take that for what it's worth. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. We are all three hours today flying without a net, talking about the game, talking about what comes next, what comes next for Ryan Day and this coaching staff. I mean, last year, Ryan Day went out and he said, I'm going to fix a defense. And he goes out and hires Jim Knowles. Well, you're not going to fire Jim Knowles now, right? But I think we all can agree this defense still needs to be fixed. So what the hell is the fix? I This is where I feel like Ohio State is at a real crossroads, aren't they? You've got to get your head coach over the Michigan hump. I know he's won one before. You know what? But it's been, been a while, staying. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is something now where they know going on the road next year, Michigan bringing some talent back again. I mean, I don't know what that team, what both these teams look like. Transfer portal is a, a big thing now, but still you'd have to assume Ohio State's going to be pretty loaded. Michigan's going to be pretty loaded, but they've already got Michigan the upper hand, and who knows? It's, it's in the big house. Weather can be a factor. It can be a factor in Ohio Stadium too, obviously, but clearly Ryan Day's got to get over that hump. Weather then, wasn't a factor on Saturday. I know it wasn't. I'm just saying we, we had a lot of excuses this year for why the offense specifically didn't do what they were supposed to do. Why can't you just run the ball for 500 yards against Northwestern? It's so windy. Can't run our offense. Yeah. You know, can't do this. Can't do that. We're missing this guy. Weather was not a factor on Saturday, but yet you scored three points in the second half. Weather was not a factor on Saturday, yet your DBs still couldn't judge a ball coming at them. Well, and this is what my fear is. How does that change next year? Exactly. You can can talk about defensive players coming in and some recruits that are coming in. That's all well and good, but... We're looking for veterans on this team to step up and say, yes, these talented players, these guys that are going to the NFL, they're going to make the plays come Michigan game time. And now for a couple years in a row, we have not seen that, especially in the secondary. I think the front seven's gotten a lot better. But schematically, I still think there's a lot to be left desired with how Jim Knowles game planned this thing. And certainly the execution of that game plan was a far cry from what it needed to be for Ohio State to be able to win this game. So... How do you fix that with the same coach probably there as defensive coordinator and probably a lot of the same guys back? I don't know how you fix that is my answer, but you're going to have a lot of inexperience there or guys that just flat out weren't good over the course of this year and last year. You know, for all the uh, I want Michigan, Michigan to be good Buckeye fans, have you actually worked it out in your head what it's going to be like if they win the national championship? Oh, God. Can you imagine that? Now, maybe you can put your head on the pillow at night and say, hey, we had one loss, and it was to the national champions, and feel good about that. I won't. Nope. You, there is, arrogant Packer fans are the bane of my existence, and arrogant Michi- Michigan fans are the bane of my existence. 
They, there's no shutting them up. Well, here's what also kind of bugs me about all of that with Michigan fans in general. They are the first ones to turn on the, ah, not really my team, not really my thing, not really a big deal. Who cares? Ah, you know, the, we're, the, we're the smart school anyway, blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll turn that on in a second. So when they win the game, then they can hold that over your heads of like, hey, we're the air quotes smart school and we beat you. They win a national championship and now they're the football school again. They're the founders of college football. They're the originators. But Everybody else from, just imitating them. They steal that from Rutgers because there's a bunch of Big Ten teams claiming they're the fathers of college football. But all I'm just I, saying there is a chance, right? I know. There's a I know. Michigan goes up against TCU. Who wins that game? I don't know. Well, I can tell you, I, I don't think Michigan is that good against actual like good good defenses I think will tee off unless you get a healthy Blake Corum then that's the equalizer right if he can run the football for them but I still think JJ McCarthy's not the guy to beat you with his arm stop, I know but you just stop. said that to me last week well when I wasn't wrong well, they, you, you were no, wrong because no, you no, underestimated no. how bad Ohio State secondary is. That's fine. Do you think one of these teams that makes in the college football playoff, Georgia's defense, going to play secondary the same way that Michigan, Michigan got I to see against know. Ohio State? No. I don't think it's likely All right. that they... I think they can beat TCU. I don't think it's likely That's they beat fine. a team like Georgia. But then in that scenario, anything goes. They're one yeah. weird game away I know. from winning the national championship. And some of you have willed this into existence because you think this is better for the overall rivalry. Well, I don't know if they willed it into existence. They but, did. They oh, willed it. Are you blaming them? Dead and gone. Turn it on the fans? Yes. Their fault now. Let me tell you what else is coming. All this crap about ah, Rose Bowl. Ah! I had to swallow this garbage oh, last year where I, I have, to still pretend about the Rose Bowl. That's what your future is. You're going to the Rose Bowl. You're going to play Washington in all probability. Ooh, yippee. Yeah, Yippee is right. Your defense will come out and have another crappy performance, but I'm sure CJ will throw for 600 yards, and everybody will talk about what if, what if. Buckeyes prove they should have been a playoff team. No, don't be fooled with what you're going to see January 2nd in fake Rose Bowl. But that's what we're going to have to swallow again this year. Yeah, everybody knows the Rose Bowl's not where you want to be. You want to be in the national championship game, right? You don't want to be playing for that secondary Rose Bowl berth that is not the same thing. So Let's forget about national championship for the moment. This is another year that goes by that you're not playing for a Big Ten championship. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You don't even have that. It's It's entirely frustrating, and the idea that Ohio State, well, we'll turn the page and get better next year, I am I am already nervous about next year, and it hasn't. We don't even know who's going to be on the team. We don't even have everybody's declared no, who's going. But I, who's I said in the three o'clock hour, twenty twenty against Alabama defense trash. Yeah, twenty twenty one against Michigan defense trash. Twenty twenty one Rose Bowl last year against Utah. Yeah, you won the game. Congratulations, defense trash. What about the Oregon game last year? Right, defense, D- defense trash. trash. Right, that's not. So That's tell me what the fix is. You, you've changed coordinators already. Yeah. Are you going to do that? Ag- Unless you do that again, which I don't see as likely. I don't know. Maybe next time, too. Let's not hire someone from the Big 12 that isn't exactly... that. The, that's not known for their defense. Also, I, tried, I tried to get behind it and think, well, maybe that will be different. But at the end of the day, it still ended up being a track meet, and your guys were causing it. Let's not be so quick in the middle of these meaningless regular season games to just proclaim that everything's fixed. Ugh. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, I agree with no, you. No, you're you're that much better much, because your five and four stars are going out and and, and beating two star guys. Congratulations. Yeah. 
and you wear them down to the point where they have no fight left in the second half. And you no. blitz up the score. No, but that's all right. We're going to do it. We're going to we're going to find a way. Everyone's going to uh, not everyone. There are a lot of people who are going to talk themselves into no. This year will be different, and I know we'll probably get sucked into that too a little bit and say, yeah, maybe it will be. Hopefully, they've got this fixed and that fixed. But all I know is this: the only way we will know it's fixed is come November after Thanksgiving next year. That's all that matters. That's when we'll know it's fixed. I don't care about your return trip to Notre Dame. I don't care about any of that stuff. You will know after Thanksgiving next year if this game is if if this Buckeye team has changed or not. And you will also know how long Ryan Day is going to be coaching here, at least whether he's coaching in the immediate future. He's got one year on the timer right now for his coaching career. And if he loses to Michigan, I think next year it's over. All right. I got another hour of uh, annoyance and hatred in me. How about you? Oh, yeah. We got plenty more things to get frustrated and yell about and probably recapping some of the things we already did yell about. Common man and T-bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon, southbound US-23 seeing an accident with injuries at Hyatt's Road. Also, westbound 670 accident off on the right berm before Neal Avenue. That's got you moving slow back from I-71. Not too many bad as for delays in through the mayor. Maybe one or two additional minutes. This report is sponsored by Take 5 Oil Change. At Take 5, they're faster than you think. That means you'll get your oil changed faster than it takes to go through I-70 during a rainstorm at rush hour. So go visit them and see for yourself just how fast you can be in and out. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. No filler guests, no intelligence, and most of the time, no sports. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Not today. Buckeyes lose to Michigan 45-23. Trust me, I would much rather be sitting here talking about how a woman is suing Kraft because Velveeta takes longer to make than advertised on the box. That is is a real story today. Oh, I would love to have a moment of levity. Sure. I'm not there. I I have to just wallow in my own misery, at least for another hour. Maybe tomorrow we'll get back to it. We can talk about the Browns winning it over time. We can talk about the Bengals getting a big road victory and all that comes with that. We can talk about Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin and Hugh Freeze going to Auburn. Sure, all of this stuff we will talk about as the week goes. Today, I need one three-hour block just to vent frustrations and feel sorry for myself. Yeah. Well, I've got this from Taylor because we were talking last segment about how I don't think Jim Harbaugh is necessarily that much of an improved coach, despite what the narratives want to tell you. And please do tweet us. We haven't read any of your tweets today. I apologize for that. Tweet us at manandbone971. Questions for us, comments about the game. We'll read some of your tweets. Taylor said, we have some more flaming hot takes from Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1. The fan, quote, Harbaugh is a stupid coach. TCU would beat Michigan. JJ can't beat a good defense with his arm. And then he has some laughing emojis and says, they're down so, so bad. I want to be very clear about what I'm saying, because I get it. The Michigan man tuning in, you're looking for us to be out here making excuses. I'm not making any excuses. Who's, who's making excuses? No, I'm saying if you're reading that as us saying J.J. McCarthy shouldn't have beat Ohio State, that's correct. He shouldn't have, but he did. Whose fault is that? I blame the Ohio State defense. You're that, better. That le- Yeah. like I blame the Ohio State defense that did not execute, and he did. Now, we could argue as to whether or not those passes down the field qualify as being fixed, throwing the ball down the field, doesn't matter. The busted coverages, as they were, allowed those plays to happen. Missed tackles allowed those plays to happen. And, and you want to know sure. why? 
because this defense didn't execute. Well, this defense it, wasn't any good. Because Michigan fan, listen to me. I know you're stupid. I'll say it very slowly. Your team is better than my team. They yeah. were better on Saturday. They were better last year. And it pisses me off, and I want to find a way to fix it. That doesn't mean that your coach is smart. No. Like I just said, Les Miles won a national championship. He is not smart. How many years did we see this Ohio State team with better talent against Michigan lose to them in the 90s? My coach may not be smart either, too. Well, Breaking news. Right. The point here is to say, I thought that Jim Harbaugh was a dumb head coach, and he is. He, he had dumb decisions in this game. He made, they, they completely missed on a fake punt that would have, he said we were lucky. Sometimes better be lucky than good. Harbaugh completely, they missed this assignment. They missed what was happening, and then Ohio State outdumbed them by snapping the ball to the kicker when they're supposed to go to an up man so they could run for a first down, possibly a touchdown, and the play was there, and they missed it. Ohio State's defensive backs turning their back to the line of scrimmage and chasing a guy who had already cut the other way and then having to catch up, leaving that guy wide open. That's not Michigan. That's Michigan executing and being better in the moment. That is Michigan's wide receivers playing better than Ohio State's defensive backs. That is all true. Schematically, we can talk about defensively what what the coaches did for Ohio State and how poorly they were. I don't think Jim Harbaugh has suddenly gained some genius and insight into college football. I think he's being Jim Harbaugh, and Ohio State has now tried to get down into Jim Harbaugh's playpen and play that game. And they're losing because Jim Harbaugh is the master of the Big Ben. Take the victory. Yeah. You've earned it. You won because you lured Ryan Day and his coaches into playing the game that Jim Harbaugh wants to play, which is from the 1980s. Maybe maybe Jim Harbaugh is going home and he's speaking in a British accent saying, can you believe that I have him fooled? Sure. Maybe. Could could be. Maybe. I have no idea. You won. I also said that you could beat TCU, didn't I? I mean, I I don't understand. I thought you did. I thought you were saying, who knows what happens there. The the worst case scenario is that your dumb football team wins the national championship. And if they do, it won't be because you backed your way into it or you cheated your way into it. You'll have earned every bit of that. You've earned it. Congratulations. I am pointing out that I think Ohio State's team left so many things on the table and screwed themselves so many different ways. They all, that's why I'm disappointed even more. It's bad enough when you get beat and you just say, well, they're better. They, position by position, coach for coach, everything you want to take, they are better. 99 times out of 100. Do you feel that's the case with Michigan and Ohio State right now? I feel like they were better at the right things. Right. On Saturday. Because Ohio State played Michigan's game, which was, let's try to out-physical Michigan. Dumb. Run past Michigan. Play that. You have all these plays, Ryan Day, that allow you to have Marvin Harrison in single coverage. Get that to happen. Yeah, not enough that you're calling. And if you can't get that then you should have the ability, if you always have him triple covered, there are three other receivers out there that are pretty good as well that'll be able to make anybody pay. Maybe have one of them go over the middle before the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe, maybe use your freshman running back who actually seemed like he could do something. And this is no offense. Chip Trainum came out and played well, I thought, at running back. But the fact that that's where you were? What was the deal with Dalton Hayden? Was he hurt? I don't know, because I, I heard there were reports that maybe after the game he was limping around a little bit. Maybe he was hurt, but all I know is the run game wasn't completely ineffective. Chip Trainum was fine. He was doing things. Michigan beat you with a guy with one hand, right? Yeah, Donovan Edwards had one and hand. A broken, I'm sorry, Donovan 
Biakabatuka Edwards is what I'm going to call he him for the rest hand, of the day. And the best player on their team, Blake Corum, was just for show. Yeah. Didn't do anything. They were missing one of their best defensive players, too, if I'm not mistaken. To right? put an exclamation point on this day for you, I just looked up at the TV as we're sitting <sighs> here, just miserable. Everything. Pickleball is on TV oh, right now. Oh, good. It's on ESPNU. They are showing pickleball. Jim Harbaugh is the pickleball of coaching. Where everyone is now convinced pickleball is the wave of the future. And I'm here to say, and I will be vindicated at some point, it's not. But Jim Harbaugh right now is hot like pickleball. Hot and like pickleball. So, I can't, so what can I say? Right? Everyone said, oh, look at the results. It's a stupid game. He's a stupid coach. But right now, he's on national TV going to play for the Big Ten Championship and probably a playoff spot. So what can I say other than I still believe he's stupid, but my own team is dumber. All right, let me just play this to get the sponsor out. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. I mean, there is no rundown because this is what we've been talking this about is it. for this the entire the show. But I will, I will run down this. My plan for Ryan Day, if you miss this in the 3 o'clock hour. Ryan Day is, seems like a very nice man. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't care, though. You're paid for results. You're paid $9.5 million a year for results. And I don't care what your overall record is against the rest of the crappy Big Ten. Congratulations. You beat Indiana every single time you play them. That's not why you're paid $9.5 million. You have one responsibility at Ohio State now. Because the game has changed. It's not all, look at this meat grinder Big Ten schedule. It's the preseason crappy games that you play, and then you beat Michigan, and you win the Big Ten. That's the bare minimum every single year. And the last two seasons, that goal has not been achieved. I give Ryan Day one more year. I, if I'm Gino, I'm flipping through my catalog of artificial grass that I'm going to put in <laughs> next year that's going to suck. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at the Hoosier Dome specs. And I'm not winterizing anything in Ohio Stadium so we can get, you know, playoff games here or no, and by the way, a winter classic. This, this would be the scenario where you'd be hosting a playoff yeah. game. Yeah, it a is. A team like this. Right. But that's okay. Hoosier Dome. Gino says it's it's okay now. He's looked at the weather forecast for December. He's not too worried about it. Good. But I would say to Ryan Day, you've got one year. You've got one year to do what you have to do in the preseason Big Ten, then go to Ann Arbor and win there and win the Big Ten. And if that's not accomplished, then we're not going to have a place for you. I, I don't think that's overly harsh. This is why these guys make big boy dollars. This is a profession. This is your expectation. If you fail to live up to that expectation, then I'm going to have to look for somebody else. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's any doubt that Ohio State will find the money. All these other schools find it all the time. Ohio State will find the money to buy out Ryan Day if they need to, to, to move on from his contract. That will not be a problem. And he knows that, and the school knows that. Everybody, I think, is aware. So Ryan Day has to, next year, find a way to beat Michigan, or he's likely gone. Because they are not going to go repeat what has happened in the 90s. They are not going to repeat, and they're not going to risk it. They're going to say, that's the most important thing. We don't care about beating all the other teams in the Big Ten, coming up short, or going 500 against Michigan. They want dominance against Michigan. That's what we want as fans. That's what the brass at Ohio State wants. And as much as I, it would suck if Ryan Day can't get that done, I like him. I think he's a good dude. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. They will move on from him, and they will find someone else. I think there's this, and I heard a couple people say it around here. Where you talk about CJ it's, and, and Ryan Day. Oh, they're really nice. 
They try super well, hard. I know they I know they're nice and I know they I assume everybody over there tries super hard. I assume Denzel Burke tries super hard. And yeah. Jim Knowles is trying super hard. But what are we rewarding here? This is a results business. This is what this is. Yeah. I, I at, at the end of all of this, my big takeaway from this past weekend is whatever you're doing at Ohio State to try to beat Michigan, go back to the drawing board. I, I would say this. From Mickey Marotti handing the keys over to him and doing the little like that, whatever, start from there. Like that's the most basic start from strength training and go forward. You, everything has to be under evaluation. Ryan Day has to know that everyone in that building knows it. Start from square one and move forward. That's, that's how you move this season. And maybe that doesn't mean you fire all these coaches and start over, but it does mean you've got to evaluate who's doing what maybe Jim Knowles is a co-defensive coordinator next year with someone else on that defense. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying there's a chance that that happens. There's a chance that anything happens. It should all be on the table right now because Ryan Day's got one more chance, I feel like, to get this right. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how you fix it. I'm not in that room. But these guys are paid a lot of money to fix it, and they have to. More coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon, southbound I-71 Northside reports of a vehicle fire after U.S. 36. Still seeing that accident on U.S. 42 at Bell Road. Injuries reported there as well. This report is sponsored by Ohio Laborers and Ohio Lesset. Ohio Laborers, Lesset, and Panera Bread would like to congratulate member of the week Derek Streifeller, Laborers Local 860. Derek is a second-year apprentice working for Carvo Companies. Build Ohio right, build it union. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Off Topic is on brand. This is Man and Bone. Buckeyes lose to Michigan. We have done the whole show reacting to this. We'll be back to normal tomorrow and hopefully have some fun and do some regular things. Some more breaking news, though, for Ohio State. Yeah, this is not not anything sports-related, but... Ohio State President Christina Johnson expected to announce her resignation uh, tomorrow, and sources tell the dispatch she resigned at the request request that too of the trustees. Oh, so not oh. like she just decided to do this. They're saying she was asked to step down. I wonder what the story is. I'm I don't sure have, there is one. I don't have further details. This came out just a couple minutes ago, but my, it's a weird time to be an Ohio State alumni fan. Anything, right? There's a lot going on there. All right, let me uh, let me toss some stuff at you. All right, I think sometimes we we fall into a dangerous game of saying, "Well, this happened in week two against a common opponent, so the same must hold true in week 11. Where that's unfair. But in both of these cases, we're talking about a seven day window where this occurred. Last week against Maryland, that had no problem moving the ball against this Buckeye defense. Right. The previous week. They were shut out against Penn State. Yep. That's, that's seven fair. days, right? Yeah. In a, the same seven-day window, Illinois, a team that had lost two straight games, they had the West Division in their hands, crapped it away, went into the big house, frustrated Michigan so much on defense that they only gave up 19 points to the Wolverines. Right. So what? what are these other schools doing that we can't do? And why can't we do it, I guess, is the next question. I It's a great question, Mike. But to that point about uh, Michigan's offense 
in Ohio State's defense and like how Michigan was able to move the ball against Ohio State. I saw this from, I think it was 11 Warriors that posted this. They had 11 games coming into the game this past weekend. Michigan had zero plays of 70 or more on the season. For the whole season. Whole season. I want to remind you, Michigan played the likes of Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, in the non-conference. So it's not like they played a murderer's row. No, they played a bunch even, of scrubs. Even then, you have moments where you fall asleep. That's so, what somebody saying, falls down or slips. I'm saying they didn't have one of those all year long with Blake Corum healthy and all this other stuff. They didn't have one of those all year long. In this past weekend, they had three touchdowns of 70-plus yards and another that went 69 yards. Brutal. So why is that? Is that because Ohio State's just got worse players than Michigan? Maybe. But I'll tell you this, that secondary for Ohio State, not championship level, not up to the caliber that it needs to be. And and we can make discussions about schematics and if it was something that Jim Knowles could have drawn up better. Probably. Jim Knowles selling out to stop the run left a lot of guys in one-on-one coverage and he trusted he trusted the wrong group. I would have rather trusted the guys on the defensive line and your couple linebackers to get the job done stopping the run and let the secondary stay back and say, all right, we're going to make sure we don't get beat over the top with this secondary only because I have less faith in this secondary than I do this front seven. But that went out the window. They decided to jam the line of scrimmage. It worked in the first half, but Michigan adjusted. Ohio State didn't. Uh, Ryan Day after the game. You want to hear some Ryan Day quotes? Sure, why Of course not? you do. Uh, here is Ryan Day talking about allowing the big plays. Big plays, yeah. I'm going to have to obviously look and, and see, you know, where all the breakdowns were. But it wasn't just one area. There was, you know, a missed tackle on the, the first play. And then we got beat on a double move on the second play. And then there was obviously some misfits in the run game on some other, other plays. And there was an also the pass, you know, to the tight end. So a few plays in the back end and then a couple of the runs. So, yeah, obviously the, the first thing we need to do in games like this is play great defense, you know. And other than two plays in the first half, I felt like we did but not in the second half. You know, I love to watch the show on the Smithsonian Channel. My wife hates it, makes me turn it off, called, uh, what's the name of the damn show? Is it Aerial Disasters? Not Aerial oh. Disasters, it's... Uh, Aerial America? No, it's not Aerial America. Planes crash. What's the name oh, of the damn show? I, I don't know. Plane Disasters. Who knows? Who cares? Some air disasters or something. All right, All right. fine. Plane crashes And they talk TV. about plane crashes and... The investigators come and tell us why these planes crash. And the way they design planes, and they didn't always do this, but now they do because they've realized this isn't the right way to do it, is if one thing breaks on the plane, that should not be enough for the plane to crash. You need multiple things to fail at the same time for that plane to plummet to the ground. They have made these planes so safe that very rarely, if one thing breaks, is that plane going down. Right. But that's not the philosophy the Buckeyes apparently have on defense. You hear Ryan Day, oh, I had a missed tackle. Oh, okay. Yes, you did. That doesn't mean that the guy should be able to run for 70 yards. We had a breakdown here. It's like, all right. But there was no one else to pick up the slack? This is how you're designing your defense? One person doesn't do their job, and it's an 80-yard touchdown? That makes no sense to me. Well, it it, it does. makes It makes this sense, I guess is that they basically said, we think our defensive backs won't make those mistakes. They won't Based fall down. Based on what, right, though? That's it. That's what I mean. Look you have Charles Woodson back there? Look at the games you've played this year where you've had busted coverage after missed assignment, right, after this is bad what you fit. do. Yeah. We've seen it. And so instead, and I, again, 
I question whether or not J.J. McCarthy could make those throws, assuming the Buckeye defenders could stay with Michigan wideouts. You what could I, make those throws. What I didn't, yeah, what I didn't factor in was Buckeye defensive backs being so bad that they couldn't even be within 20 yards. Because look, man, if you get beat on like really tight coverage by a step and it's an excellent throw, that's just an excellent throw by an excellent player. That was what I was talking about. I assumed Ohio State's DBs probably wouldn't be within a step on every throw. But I figured J.J. McCarthy's going to throw some lame ducks up there. They're going to hang. You have time to catch up, get under them, knock them down, maybe intercept one or two of them. So I thought even with our bad secondary play, they'd have a chance to be in the vicinity and make a play on the ball. Instead, when they were in the vicinity down the field on the ball, they committed penalties. When they weren't in the vicinity, the wide receivers were stopping They weren't even running. They had to stand there like a punt to catch it. That's not a great thrown pass, but it is something that got them into the end zone. So you can tell me all you want. J.J. McCarthy fixed all his issues at quarterback. I don't think so. I think Ohio State made him look great. Air Disasters is the name of the show. I'm stupid. Travion Henderson tweeted this out last night. The culture here is just fine. You try and come practice slash play with torn ligaments and a broken bone in your foot every week. My brothers know I've been trying to do whatever it takes to fight alongside them every week. Carry on. Okay. I, I, I am not saying that Travion Henderson shouldn't be in that boot. I am not saying that Travion Henderson should have been on that field on, on Saturday. What I don't understand is the stops and starts. And it's not just him. We saw it with Jackson Smith and Jigba too. We've seen it with Mayan Williams. If Travion Henderson truly has a broken bone in his foot and ligaments in his foot that are torn, I'm, I'm going by what he's telling me here, all right? Right, right? And a lot of people think this happened in week three against Toledo. Then why is Travion Henderson not sitting down for the next six weeks, whatever it is, to get 100% healthy so that for this crucial stretch of the season, he's ready to go. Instead, it's, well, I'll take a half a game off here, then put a week here, you're in a boot, you try again. How is that good for that type of injury? I think I have a little bit of an answer on that. Not that I know anything inside. I'm just trying to piece together what the narrative has been from the start. Right, we got to take a break, and all right. then you come back and well, tell me the answer. All right, that's fine. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Westbound 670 accident off on the right berm before Neal Avenue. That's got you moving slow back from I-71. And on southbound US-23 at Hyatt's Road, that accident has now been cleared. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. Looking for holiday gifts that won't be re-gifted? Head to eBay Motors with millions of parts and accessories at the right prices. There's something for every car lover on your list. And with the money you save, you can pick up something for yourself, too. Happy holidays indeed. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Today's special value is three hours of stupid. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Reaction Monday. We are reacting to the Buckeyes losing to Michigan. I'd asked the question before the break. This Travion Henderson went on social media last night and said he had broken bone in his foot. He's got torn ligaments in his foot, and he, his, his teammates know that he was doing his best to get out there and help him, and I'm sure he was. But my question is, if this injury occurred week three against Toledo, which we think it did, 
Why are we not shutting him down for six weeks, making sure that he's healthy for the biggest stretch of the season instead of this start, stop, take a half off here, do this? He's not the only person we've done this with. Jackson Smith and Jigba had several false starts. Mayan Williams, same thing. I don't understand the injury philosophy this season on this Buckeye team. Well, here's my concern. I'm not saying I know this for any inside information. It's just me speculating based on everything on the outside looking in. That means you know something. No, I don't. Honest to God, don't. But you have this whole thing about competitive intensity and all the euphemisms they've used for be tougher when you play Michigan, right? They Ryan Day and the coaching staff believe they were not tough enough last year. They won't say it, but that's his, I believe that's what they mean. That's what they've been hinting at this entire way. They need to get tougher. And then you have players who are like, yeah, but I can't go. My foot hurts or this hurts or that hurts. And I'm sure that is tough to balance, right? Where your coach is sitting there saying, I need guys who can play tough, play hard, no, play I, I physical. It, but if he's got a broken bone well, and, and again, torn ligaments in his foot. I'm not trying to say that is what happened. I'm questioning if that didn't factor into some of this like, yeah, but how quickly can we get you back out there? Because remember, you got to be tough. And maybe it's not even the coaches doing that. Maybe it's just the players internalizing that message of, well, coaches want me to be tough. They said toughness is important. I got to factor that in. If I want playing time, I'm going to try to grit it out and try to play on this thing. I'm going to tell coach I'm good when maybe I'm not. I don't know. I would guess not because most coaches nowadays, and Brian Day certainly doesn't fall on the spectrum of like the hard-ass old-school coaches. Right, he strikes me as more of a guy who's a That's professional fine. NFL he's level a style fo- he's coach. Still a football coach, Bone. I'm just saying, I don't think he's screaming at guys at three in the morning and dumping cold water on him and saying, "Get out there!" And they're like, "My foot's broken." He's like, "Well, I'm making unbroken." Like, I don't think that's what's happening. But I wonder if players didn't internalize some of that toughness and grit message from all off season, and then bring that to the table and start trying to play on injuries. I'm sure there was. There's always pressure to play, right? I don't think any player sits there and is like, I really don't want to play. I'd rather just sit out. For everybody that says that no, on I, message I, boards, I, is, that, but I think that's stupid, though, that people will say that, like, oh, this guy doesn't want to play. He doesn't have the heart to play. No, I, I don't think that's it. I think a lot of guys want to be out there. The injuries might be bad. If anything, I think it's probably more the opposite, where guys try to go on injuries they shouldn't. Right, but we said the same thing about Baker last season with the Browns. Yes. It, it shouldn't be Travion Henderson's call at a certain point. It should be the call of the professionals, the grown-ass men on the coaching staff to say, hey, man, I know you want to be out there. We know you do. But you know what? We'd rather have you out there at 100%. We don't need you today to go beat Rutgers. Right. We don't need you. What we need you is we need healthy Travion Henderson at the end of the season when these games really count for us. This isn't the National Football League. The Buckeyes knew going into these games. You knew that you were going to beat Toledo. You knew you were going to beat Rutgers and the way Michigan State was playing this season and Iowa and Northwestern. You knew Indiana. You didn't need Travion Henderson to give it a go. Right. And well, maybe and prolong saying, the suffering. And I'm saying that that message from Travion Henderson, maybe I'm reading too much into it, where he said, culture's not a problem here. I tried to play with I'm sure this injury and that injury it and all that. It shouldn't be your call. I know. But, and that... <sighs> That's why we go back to the coaching staff from messaging to managing these guys minutes when they are injured, all the above. That's part of being a coach. It's like Mike Williams on Saturday this. where he's out there and he's playing. He's, he, are you healthy enough to play? Oh, oh man. <laughs> what the, what was that? The wood paneling. Oh just, my God. I about had a heart attack. Just, you, I fell on my yeah. foot. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Is your foot broken? Heavy wood panel. Travion just Henderson fell is actually uns- he unscrewed it so it would fall on your foot Man, at this exact time. If that's not 
like the ghost of running backs past right there. Okay. Talking about a foot injury and a huge wood panel falls on my foot. I got to tell you, between that today, the door, the, that thing fell down, probably because everyone has been pounding this desk all day long and slamming their fist about something or else all day since 6 a.m. with morning juice and all the way through. We come in today in the bathroom door. These are solid oak. It's I don't know what kind of doors. Door is off its hinge. And the frame is bent. I've never seen anything like this. What, they have, ha- what happened? I'm saying, like, did everyone just after the game just come in here like, and like hit the table and then kick a door through? I don't know what happened. Probably. I'm saying the amount of anger and frustration maybe that has caused anyway, what was the building I to say? break. Mayan Williams. Yeah, he, why is he out Mayan there? Williams is healthy enough to play or he's not. And if he's if he's not, he shouldn't be there. If he is, why aren't you giving him the football? <sighs> I don't know. Man. Explain it to me. Well, and even then, like. Was ship train him bad? No. I just... No, but... <laughs> I feel like they... I, again, it's... You're putting in a guy who had one carry all season long. <laughs> right. I know he had carries when he was at Arizona State. I know he played in this for a long time, and I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm saying, how is it that in the biggest game of the season, your running back room is essentially a transfer who was here to play linebacker and then had to convert back to running back midway through the season, and that's the guy who becomes the workhorse during the game. The game! That's just... Again, I'm not, you can't control injuries, but if the injuries are happening because guys are going back out before they should, whether they're pushed to or they just decide to and no one stops them, I don't know the answer. I just wonder how much of that is connected to this whole talk about we got to toughen up next year. And that's been a year of discussion about being tough. And you got a bunch of guys out there getting hurt, going out and playing on injuries and then ended up back, you know, instead of one or two weeks, they're out five or six weeks. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with myself. I'm impressed not with you. dropping an F-bomb when that thing <laughs> fell on my foot. I, I thought for sure that the building was collapsing. I thought, I <laughs> uh, didn't know what that noise was. Uh, I've never heard a noise like that in all the years of doing radio. Here's more Ryan Day after the game. He's talking about just what happened. You looked at the first half uh, physically. We were playing really well uh, up front, especially on defense. I'm not sure how many yards they had You know, in the first half running the ball, and then they had those two long plays, and then in the second half it was... Um, more of the same. Too many big plays. You know, it's, it's really when you look at the game. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it just it was just too many, way too many big plays. And um, on offense, you know, I, I, we we had too many penalties, and it got us off uh, off schedule. And we just didn't do a good job converting on third down. And you know, you combine all these things to get together. That's and then it gets out of the hand at the end because you know we're probably throwing the ball too much. Well, this is for sure the third the third down thing was very real. Three for three on third down on that opening drive. Two for 13 on third down the rest of the way. <laughs> Not going to cut it, man. No. And that is that is on execution. That is on play calling. That's on all the above. It's not just on Ryan Day, but some of it is. Some, a lot of it is. And it's on the players, too, to make those plays. Let me ask you this question about Ryan Day. Hmm. Does he have this, this symptom that sometimes befalls great offensive coordinators when they become head coaches where they don't know how to transition to being the head coach of the entire football team and the fact that you have to be the play caller and you have that big responsibility still handled by you for every one coach who seems to do it well seems like there are 10 or 12 who fail at it miserably I just wonder if that's something to consider as well going forward maybe Ryan Day being able to focus on more as the overall head coach Again, I don't know he wants to shake too much up this is one year trial now to try to finish this out to your point this notion that I'm sure he has, which is how Jim Knowles took this job, probably why he took this job. Ryan Day said to him, hey, man, I'm a big fan. 
will you please come here and you run the defense and I'll stay out of your way? Probably so. And, and Jim Knowles is probably like, yeah, that sounds great to me. You know, and the reality is, you're right. Ryan Day is the head coach of this football team. This notion that he doesn't know defense. What, he schemes against defenses all yeah, day. Right, of course. He kno- yes, all right. Maybe he's not the best choice to be your defensive coordinator. But this notion that Ryan Day has nothing to offer the defense is ridiculous. And why would you have a head coach like that? I don't know. But I also know that sometimes these play callers, you can look up to Cleveland to Kevin Stefanski. Does he strike you as being the best head coach or does he strike you as an offensive coordinator who has to also do the head coach stuff? I was saying Ryan Day is starting to kind of look a little bit more like that guy of, I'm an offensive coordinator who, yeah, also I got to do the, the big press conference and I got to do all that stuff. I got to be the face of the team as far as the head coach. I, I don't know if he's transitioned fully into like, yes, I make a dynamite head coach and offensive coordinator stuff is just something I do because that's what I'm specialized at. Another big piece of wood will fall on my foot. We have one more segment of misery coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Westbound 670 accident off on the right berm before Neal Avenue. That's got you moving slow back from I-71. And a disabled vehicle cleared on eastbound I-70 west side before Hilliard Rome Road. This report is sponsored by Tim Hortons. Tis the season at Tim Hortons with five festive peppermint beverages to satisfy your holiday cravings. And now Tim's Rewards guests can get a $1 medium peppermint mocha iced cap on the app. Naturally and artificially flavored, limited time U.S. only, valid online or in the app. Terms apply. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Oh, you guys, don't go anywhere yet because we're going to pack it in for two more thick, full segments before we all try to feel better with this Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, feel. Feel the burn. Feel the jackets. I forget what their slogans were. It's not feel the burn. (laughs) Feel the jackets. Oh, it is. I don't it think is. it's I don't think it's feel the jackets either. I don't it's think that's it. Jackets what is time. the slogan this I year? I forget the slogan. Because it was out of our do they double down on out of our blue? Or are we done? I don't with know. That? I don't know. I, I have not heard it. Is there any slogan this year? Right. The it's out of our blue, we will rise. They were really pushing that. It's uh one na- one nation on the sod. <laughs> that was the cruise from like a million I was years ago. Say no, which is pretty not. great. That was pretty great. I liked One Nation on the Sod. I'm like, when did Brandon Sod come no, back? No, 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 no. That's right. They built it around him. That's good. How's the how's the rehash been? Miserable. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I needed it, and I think people need it. Everybody needs it. Um, I heard I heard you, one of the segments, I left the studio and I came back here in the middle of the day, I, I one of the segments I heard you talking about, and we've gone through this before, about your... Your dad or your father-in-law? I forget My which dad. one. Your My dad, dad. Yeah. always tries to just get you, no matter what the subject is, look at the brighter side. I could, I could call up my father and say, hey, dad, my left foot just fell off. May have, I don't, it may have, actually, given that you are just got right. injured by I, I don't, the uh, I don't have a left foot anymore. And he'll say, well, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to you, <laughs> you'll be A-OK. And I can't stand that. That's why it's important, I think, to have a show like this today where people know... That it's acceptable, it's okay to feel miserable well, this, about this. This is what we do, too. And all of us that sort of 
communicate with each other, whatever social media platform we use, people are likely following guys and gals like us because we're all into the same things. So why would you go like into that realm and then try to just tell somebody, oh, it's all right. I had, and I also don't understand the people that can't read a timestamp on things. And by the way, we're still in it. I think this moratorium period, this lasts the whole entire month easily while we're breaking this down. But someone said to me, get a life, man. It's football. <sighs> Just well, right. like that. Right. It's- and I would have. I don't know what I would have done. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand why some people are like that if they generally have no interest whatsoever in sports. But if you're following the sports guy right. on Twitter, it's like the Pete the Mel's of the world and some of these national guys where they want you to care so much. Care, follow me. Follow me when I report on this story. Care about your favorite college football team. But then when you're upset when your favorite college football team loses, it's, hey, man, have some perspective. Perspective. Ryan Day beats Indiana every well, time. Well, here's the, the perspective is, <laughs> it's bad. Well, the perspective yeah. is, this is not acceptable. It's bad. If you're a Buckeye fan. That's two years in a row where you've had possibly a championship level team. Three years in a row. What do you mean? 2020. Yeah. Didn't oh. get to didn't get to play the, didn't get to play this game and well, no, th- I'm not talking you, about this game right yes yeah. but I'm talking you mean. about a championship oh, level team I'm boiling right, it right, down right. to yeah, now yeah, this yeah. game at the 2020 end. you had a chance to win the national championship and you didn't because your defense was trash absolutely yeah. last year defense trash this year turns out defense trash you know I I won't have him in the studio today but I'll I'll be filling in on roundtable tomorrow and. We're going to have Coach Coop, so that'll be interesting for perspective on this. Yeah. And Lachey will be here. Paul and Skip have to travel to Duke now. And Tyvis will be in. And we've talked an awful lot about technique and what they're teaching. I, I would almost like to see Tyvis and Duran Grant go and hold seminars over there and just see. Because, Bone, like we, we talked about this too. I, I can. You just have to throw your hands up. The number of times. The DBs just get flagged and don't play the ball. The long, methodical third-down drive. I think it was a deep ball to Andrew Anthony. If Denzel Burke at any point in time just turns around in the long, floating fly ball, the ball's underthrown by five yards. It's just an easy intercept. He has zero interceptions on the season. That talent of a cornerback went the whole year, did not get a pick at Ohio State. Yeah, I just, I I look at this defense, and I thought, Timmy, you had the tweet of the weekend where you said there will be men and women working on the moon, or living on the moon, I think it was, before an Ohio State DB will turn around and play the ball when it's up in the air like that. And you're right, like, it's not just been this season or the year before, it's been through multiple coaches, through multiple defensive coordinators, and I'm told that's just how it's coached. Well, then it needs to stop being coached that way because it keeps killing the Buckeyes effective. in big in big games. Seems to be losing you know what championships. To do. Throw it up against these Buckeye DBs and see what happens. Buckeye show top of the hour right here on the fan back page. The back page. The back page with Common Man and T Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call one eight hundred Cooling. Bone. Well, man, Christina Johnson's tenure as Ohio State's president. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Reportedly ending, according to Sheridan Hendricks of the Columbus Dispatch, Johnson is expected to announce her resignation tomorrow. And this is from the Dispatch, quote, following an investigation conducted by an outside firm into concerns about her that were raised by the staff. Oh, no. What the hell is going on here, man? Yeah. So this is is breaking news, developing story. Obviously, there'll be more on this tomorrow, I'm quite sure. But, yeah, that's that's a big deal right there. And... 
God, it's not been a good week at Ohio State between no. the president apparently Whoa. stepping down. You just had the football team lose. That's never fun, but especially to Michigan. There's a story about apparently at, I don't know if at the new wing of the hospital, there was some construction issues and now they're reevaluating all that. Just didn't sound like overall there was much good out of all that for Ohio State. How about this? A positive to give you from Ohio State for Scarlet and Gray. Women's basketball team played North Alabama yesterday, put 100 on them. And they have a big game coming up on Wednesday night. I know so do the men's team playing at Duke, but the women's team is playing at Louisville. Top 10 matchup there between yeah. Buckeye those women two up to fourth now, right? Yeah, they are. And uh, I have it on good authority. J.C. Sheldon will be a okay for the are Louisville you, game. She's breaking news. I'm not breaking anything. I'm Bones just telling you what I know. A, he's in the know with the women's basketball. I may, team. I may yeah. have. A, he could call the crime coach. He'd pick up. I may have walked through the autograph line and just asked someone in the autograph line if they were feeling good enough to play. That's maybe what happened. I don't know. Maybe Kevin that McGuff, happened. The maybe crime not. coach. We'll see. Autographs for you? No, for the girls. No, it, was, it was dad day at the Hi. thing. I brought the. No. I'm T-Bone. Can you sign my bosom? That's right. That's what I do. Yeah, that's it. All right. What's next? Buckeye Show's next. And it's Jackets time at 630. We'll see you tomorrow. I swear we'll have more fun tomorrow. I promise. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Westbound 670. Some good news. That accident now cleared before Neal Avenue. Still going to see a little bit of slow traffic from I-71. Down the northbound east outer belt, a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane before I-70 east side. This report is sponsored by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, get your money paid fast. This football season, make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm Eddie Zellick for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. From the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan.